Want to go see your favorite college or pro team? Go to TickSplits. TickSplits provides you with the same great seats, but without the service fees. Use promo code WAR and save 5% off on all purchases at TickSplits.com or on the TickSplits app. That's promo code WAR, W-A-R-R, for 5% off on great seats to all of your favorite events. Remember, TickSplits provides you with the same great seats, but without the service fees. That's TickSplits, T-I-X-V-L-I-T-Z.com. Visit today. Welcome to another Monday edition of Second City Sports. We're live in living color right here on Sports Zone Chicago, along with Miss McKee McGee, which is she. I am Sydney Brown. Hey, that's me. You can follow yours truly on Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's S I D K I D A zero. That's S I D K I D A zero. You follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan's going to be on the IG. Make sure you download that Sports Zone Chicago app today, wherever you get your apps. You don't want to know why. Because we said so, that's why. And also, you can catch other five live shows throughout the week. So if you happen to miss them, you can go back and watch them and listen to them at your own leisure. Make sure you download the Sports on Chicago app today. Speaking of Sports on Chicago, you can follow Sports on Chicago on all social media platforms. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Once again, please find Sports on Chicago on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. You want to catch the audio version of this podcast, Second City Sports, you can do so by subscribing to War on Anchor. We are available on all podcast platforms, including our iHeartRadio app. Make sure you type this in your search engine boxes. You ready? W-A-R-R on Anchor. Once again, at War on Anchor on all podcast platforms. And make sure you follow War Media at W-A-R-R Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. Once again, follow War Media at W-A-R-R Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. We are on the Jackly Fun, and we have very definite opinions. If you have any definite opinions due on our two-hour extravaganza we call a Sports Talk Radio Show, you can always go to Sports Zone Chicago on Facebook or Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Type in those questions or comments in the comments section. Lakina will get the up on the screen for you. But if you decide to troll and or do something stupid, I'm giving Lakina full power to give you fools to be a Olympian boot. Bye-bye. I love when she says that. <laughs> <laughs> but before we begin, we must remind you that you can also catch Sports Zone Chicago now available on Roku TV. That's right. Sports Zone Chicago is now available on Roku TV. And celebrate with the squad and get with the program. Sports Zone Chicago is on Roku TV. If you already have a Roku television, just tap on the sports folder and download Sports Zone Chicago through that avenue. If you don't have a Roku TV, it's okay. We know you have a couple of handheld streaming devices laying around. Your iPhone, iPad, iTouch your laptop, your PC, your personal computer, your Chromebook like I'm using right now. Just download that Roku TV app and access Sports on Chicago through that avenue. So no more excuses. So what are you waiting for? Get with the program and celebrate with the squad. Sports on Chicago is available on Roku TV. 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, live and on demand. 
All right, so we got a lot to do today here on Second City Sports here on Sports Zone Chicago. We got Spiro Diaz from CBS and Turner to talk a little NFL and NBA coming up at 1.45. We'll also be able to talk about the World Series that is now officially set. And also, too, of course, we'll do our studs and does with the NFL and also to the Bulls. Had a tough weekend, uh, but we'll get to that in a second. <laughs> but uh, first off, we're going to talk some NFL and uh we already talked a little bit about the Bears uh, Patriots game. If we got if we got time, yeah, before the hour is up, we'll do that. But if you want to talk about if you want to uh, know our picks, here ours and our girl uh, KXRB is Chrissy Manica. Go to uh, uh, Friday's episode. We'll we'll give you our we gave our predictions there. But first off, Sid, we're gonna talk about the uh, NFL from yesterday. Which game you want to start with? Because there were a lot of interesting uh, results uh, Let's from yesterday. Yeah, let's start off in Cincinnati, where the Cincinnati Bengals, your defending AFC champs, improved their record to four and three, two and one at home after dominating the Atlanta Falcons 35-17. Joe Burrow's second career best day of of, of his career, young career. The third-year quarterback out of LSU, 34-42, 481 yards to three touchdown passes. He also had one t- rushing touchdown. Joe Mixon, 17 carries, 58 yards in the score. Tyler Boyd, who I unfortunately benched yesterday. I'll mm-hmm. explain that story later. He had eight catches for 155 yards and a touchdown. Yeah, I misjudged this one. Yeah, no, I know. I warned folks. This was the first game First game uh, we picked. And, you know, I thought Atlanta was going to pull off the upsets. But, you know, of course, Cincinnati, Joe Burrow did his thing. You know, 481 mm-hmm. yards. Had for about 350 of those in the first half. Uh, and three touchdowns, of course, Joe Mixon and, you know, had a, a, a rushing touchdown. So, Joe Burrow. As well, you know, Jamar Chase had 130 yards and two of those touchdown uh, catches from uh, Mr. Burrow. So a, a nice one for Cincinnati. This could have easily been a trap game for him, but they were able to pull it off against Atlanta. Let's go down to Big D in Dallas, Texas, where the Dallas Cowboys dominated the Detroit Lions, scoring 14 points in the fourth quarter alone to beat the Lions 24-6. Jared Goff, 21-26, 228 yards in two interceptions. Dak Prescott made his return for the Dallas Cowboys. He had 207 yards passing. Tony Pollard rushed the ball for the Cowboys 12 times for 83 yards. And for the Detroit Lions, Mr. Khalif Raymond had five catches for 75 yards. The Cowboys defense forced five turnovers in the second half alone. Yeah, uh, it wasn't like you know, Detroit didn't have their chances to try to make this a game. There were a couple of times when uh, I forgot who was that scored that touchdown, but looks like he was, you know, he might have scored and Dan Campbell didn't challenge it. And of course, when it happened after that very next play, they ended up, you know, giving the ball up and uh, golf through an interception, unfortunately. So that was kind of end for that one. But uh, yeah, I mean, look, you know, Dak Prescott had a solid showing 207, uh, you know, you know, passing yards and a touchdown. Uh, mm-hmm. Zeke, Zeke had two rushing touchdowns. So things are starting to kind of, you know, get going here for Dallas. Now they, they did lose a couple of, of tough guys in an injury, so that's something to look out for as well. We'll talk about Dallas. Also, fumbles were an issue too. <laughs> you know, there was fumble. I don't know if it was like the, it was a lot of sweat in the ball, but uh, you know, there was a lot of fumbles there. <laughs> but uh, to still, you know, like you, you take away your Dallas and you're five and two because you want to stay right there in place with uh, Philly, who were uh, who had a, who were on by uh, this past week. Yeah, and Jamal Williams, the running back for the Detroit Lions, he fumbled the ball at the goal line. You can tell Dan Campbell wanted to bite up more than kneecaps when yes. he saw that happen, happen front, right in front of his eyes. So uh, Dallas improves to 5-2. and two. Detroit drops their record to 1-5. and five. To Nashville, Tennessee we go, 
where the Tennessee Titans defeated the Indianapolis Colts in this ugly AFC South division matchup. 19-10, Matt Ryan for the Colts, 33 at the 44, 243 yards in the touchdown. Derrick Henry for the Titans, 30 carries, 128 yards. And for the Indianapolis Colts, Paris Campbell, their star wide receiver, 10 catches for 70 yards in the score. The Colts offense sputters with three turnovers. <clears throat> Sorry, guys, I had to uh, clear my throat for a second. But, yeah, I mean, eh, those three turnovers, that's still drives for Indy. And, um, you know, look, the you know, Titans took advantage of that. And, look, Matt Ryan, you know, two to receptions. One, the second one was actually really – was very ugly. The one that uh, uh, David Long uh, caught, that was a uh, – well, also the pick six was three of the two that from uh, Andrew Adams. Mm-hmm. That was – that ended up being a pick six. So that that kind of did them in with the Colts. I mean, you thought that maybe the Colts were starting to kind of get these going and kind of sort of right the ship, but then they have a – Matt Ryan has a performance like this. So uh, questions are abound over in Indy. Yeah, the Titans approved their record to four and two, while the Colts dropped their record to three, three and one. To our nation's capital, we go, where the Washington Commanders get an important win over the Green Bay Packers, 23-21. Taylor Heineken, who's filling in for the injured Carson Wentz, 20 of 33, 201 yards and two touchdowns. For Washington, Brian Robinson Jr. ran the ball 20 times for 73 yards. And their third wide receiver, Terry McLaurin, five catches for 73 yards. And the score, the Green Bay Packers are on a three-game losing streak. It's the first time that has happened under the Matt LaFleur regime. Also, too, they did not convert a third down for the first time since 1999, week six against the Broncos. So, uh, you know, the Rogers was only 23 for 35, and that's not going to do it for you. Why wasn't the run game used more for uh, Green Bay? I mean, only, you know, hit, uh, Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon only could buy for about 40 rushing yards? Really? Like I don't know what the game I don't know what the game plan was. I mean that the Washington yes, the Washington you know, front seven is actually pretty solid, but their run defense isn't very good. So they mm-hmm. should have taken more advantage of that. And of course, I think Al Lazar got hurt, so that didn't help uh, Maz with Mister Rogers. So you know there was a, a crazy uh, play. Now of course you know Devondre Campbell had a pick six that got uh, Green Bay back in it, but mm-hmm. you know it just couldn't get things going uh, on the offensive side. And they actually had a, a strange. Uh, pass play uh and of course Aaron Rodgers forgot to he has to throw the ball backwards and uh <laughs> and also unfortunately too I guess he can't throw the Hail Mary like he used to so I guess now they had to do that but I don't know it, it was just crazy and of course the timing of it they, they, they lose the, they use up all their timeouts so they couldn't set up for a field goal it just it just things are kind of going haywire for Green Bay and uh I find it hilarious that Bears fans want to uh play in uh the Packers misery but Look what the Bears are doing or not doing right now. So I would say folks need to kind of slow down on that. Slow down on that. <laughs> Both teams are now three and four on the season. To Charlotte, North Carolina, we go next, where the Carolina Panthers just pulled off an upset, beating the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tom Brady and company, twenty-one to three. That's right, twenty-one to three. Speaking of Mister Brady, he was thirty-two of forty-nine for two hundred ninety yards. Deontay Foreman, uh, the new running back for the Carolina Panthers, after Christian McCaffrey was shipped off early last week to San Francisco. He had 15 carries for 118 yards. Chuba Herbert scored a touchdown for Carolina. Mike Evans, no, not the actor from Good Times. He had nine catches for 96 yards for Tampa Bay. He had an early drive, which set the tone for that Tampa Bay offense uh, for, like, for the entire game. I did watch the majority of this, of this game in its entirety live via this computer screen. Lakina. It's got to be something, you know, it's something going on besides Tom Brady's stuff off the field. Uh, that Tampa Bay offense has scored 21 points in the last two weeks. That just makes no sense. Uh, no running game. Uh, 
Tom Brady, uh, he, how many more iPads does he have to store on the sidelines? And yeah. I know some some of the questions are, are probably being brought up uh, uh, behind mm-hmm. closed doors. But is Brady checked out? I don't think he is. But you know, the, things are not going well for Tampa Bay right now. Uh, what's the answers? I don't know. Yeah, the way things are going, he might be checked out. I mean, I know you could tell his frustration if you saw his presser after the game. But look, let's give P.J. Walker some love. You know, first start since last year, 177 mm-hmm. yards, two touchdowns. And uh, look, Carolina could easily, like, you know, just say, throw up their hands and say, you know, when, uh, you know, our best player is gone and our, our coaches, you know, was mm-hmm. fired. So let's let's just, you know, let, let's sleepwalk through. They didn't. You know, they, they played hard, you know, right from the beginning. And when they, you know, it was a little slow going, but once Carolina scored that touchdown, in the second quarter, that should have that kind of woke things up, you know, kind of mm-hmm. saw that as a sign. Now I don't know what I don't know what's going on in Tampa Bay. Only have forty six combined rushing yards. That's not going to win you a lot of games. And you know, I, I don't know what else to say. I mean, their defense, while they're doing as much as they can, they only have one sack. They only sack you know, PJ Walker once. You know, mm-hmm. Lamonte David, where are you? Vita Vila, where are you? I mean, these are the. I mean, I know Todd Bowles. You know, a couple of weeks ago said that well, you know, these guys are still living off the Super Bowl uh, win, but. You know, you really can't use that as an excuse anymore when you have injuries on your whole line and all the other issues that you have. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. We might be seeing a midseason retirement from uh, Tom Brady. Well, Fox will show up to have him because they host the Super Bowl this year. So, the sooner the better. And uh, looking, like you said, uh, about the Tampa Bay defense, uh, yes, like I said, they haven't uh, shown up at times this year, but you can't really blame them the last two weeks. The offense just mm-hmm. hasn't pun points on the board consistently. Like you said, you can lean on the defense so much as we know here in Chicago, but once that defense breaks, if your offense can't, cannot catch fire, it's going to be trouble for you. Let's get one more game in before we break for the bottom of the hour. Uh, perhaps the, uh, the game of the one of the games of the day, at least from the early window, the New York football giants uh, hang on to beat the Jacksonville Jaguars on the road, 23-17. Trevor Lawrence, 22-43 for 310 yards. Travis Etienne, Ran the ball hard for the Jaguars 14 times for 114 yards and a score. He also had a big fumble early in the, in the contest. Christian Kirk for the Jacksonville Jaguars had seven catches for 96 yards. I mean, like, you know, Jacksonville had the game one. Penalties, yeah, I was watching know, this game too. But yeah, penalties killed them, especially in mm-hmm. that, that drive that lets a uh, go-ahead touchdown uh, for the Giants. I mean, they had like a couple of crucial penalties and stuff like that on the old – Offensive side, they had a, like a crucial like holding call that kind of you know took back what was I think it was a big game. And of course, Christian Kirk didn't know where he was. He was right at the one. <laughs> if he had just stretched, maybe he would just stretch the ball out. <laughs> stretch. I don't know. I don't. I don't, I don't yeah, I don't know how Carroll said. Uh, but yeah, I know he had three guys. I know he had three guys around, but still he could have tried to stretch the ball out. Then maybe they could have mm-hmm. you know given them a chance. You know they have they used all their timeouts. They didn't have no timeouts left, but. You know, uh, again, the Giants got lucky. I hate to say that. You know, sorry, all you Giants fans listening or watching this set, but they they have. And they're six and one. I don't think anybody thought that they would be. But, you know, mm-hmm. you take the winner for New York, I guess. Yep. <laughs> like we said last week, Joker Lee, Lakina, uh, they acting like they're going to the playoffs. Well, we'll see because you still have Dallas one more time on the road. Dak is back. You still have Philadelphia twice. Watch out for the Washington Commanders. That's always a tough game within your division. Mm-hmm. They still had to play them twice. So still tough division, uh, divisional games ahead for the New York football Giants. But right now, uh, the Giants are 6-1 and one, while the Jaguars drop to 2-5. and five. Lakina, uh, we'll, we'll save the rest of the schedule on the flip side of this break. When we return, we'll review the rest of the action from Week 7 from yesterday. Some couple of shocker, shocking results 
from the late games. We'll get to Sunday night. We'll get a quick Monday night preview, and we'll get into the baseball playoffs as well as the World Series matchup for 2022 is now set. You're listening to the Monday edition of Second City Sports. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. You're listening to Sports Zone Chicago. This year, my mom got me the perfect bag for back to school. These colorful binders help me stay organized. These headphones are just what I need for studying. These new sneakers are just what I need for the new year. This jacket is a real must-have. My parents got me the skateboard I wanted. It's pretty cool. These scissors really come in handy in art class. These colored pencils, too. These new socks? They can be a real lifesaver. I finally got my own phone to stay in touch with my mom. Trisha's having a sleepover tonight. Can I go? I wonder about Lucy's friends. What should I say? I know you're only 10, but one of these days a friend will offer you a drink. And alcohol at your age can lead to so many things. None of them good. So can I go to the sleepover? Lucy, I want you to promise me something. I finished my homework. <laughs> Bigger promise. If there's any drinking, I want you to say, no thanks, not my thing. Mom. I promise you, your real friends won't care. Deal? Sure. Really? I promise, Mom. They really do hear you. Did you pack your toothbrush? For tips on how to start the talk, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. A public service message from the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration. Oh, we're back. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to Second City Sports. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. We're live in the living color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. 
You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0. You can follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan McGee on the IG. And make sure you can give us a, a, a comment or a question down below in the comment section. You can always go to Sports on Chicago on Facebook or Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions and comments in the comment section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. Let's continue to review the week seven action from the National Football League from yesterday. This is the last of the early games. The Baltimore Ravens hang on for a 23 20 win over there. AFC North Division rival Cleveland Browns. Jacoby Brissett, 22 of 27 for 258 yards for the Browns. Nick Chubb ran the ball 16 times for 91 yards in an early score. Amari Cooper, three catches for 71, 74 yards. He had a late uh, pass interference call, which kept the Browns from winning the game. And Gus Edwards, the star running back for the Baltimore Ravens, had two rushing touchdowns. Yeah, it's interesting that the other Browns still had a shot to win that game, yo. And then the the Ravens didn't blow it. Yay, they didn't blow a double-digit lead. Okay. Uh, yay. But, <laughs> yay, right? Uh, but, uh, look, I mean, you know, Gus Edwards was, was great for uh, for the Ravens, especially with what Jacob Dobbs is not going to be gone for the next few weeks. You know, the you know, the defense for the Ravens actually set up when they count when it counted. So, you know, that, that you, you take the win of your ball tomorrow, and they're in first place right now, and it – AFC North, you know, if these are, it's definitely a long, long jam there. So we'll be addressing to see how the rest of it folds. But this could, this should definitely help them confidence wise, if nothing else. Yeah, the, yeah, and the Cleveland Browns have lost close games within the last few weeks outside of the loss yesterday, last week I should say, where they got blown out by the New England Patriots. Uh, tough times if you're a Cleveland Browns fan. Now to the late games. Let's start off in the Mile High City. In Denver, Colorado, where the New York Jets improved their record to five and two, four and zero away from New York City, defeating the Broncos sixteen to nine. Mister Rippin, uh, who replaced uh, Brett Rippin, uh, Rippin, who replaced Russell Wilson at quarterback yesterday for the Broncos, twenty four forty six, two hundred twenty five yards to the interception. Brees Hall, my guy, who's on my fantasy team, may not be any longer because he injured his ACL, according to uh, head head coach Robert Sala yesterday. He had four carries, seventy two yards, and a touchdown. And for Denver, Jerry Judy has seven catches for 96 yards. I thought that maybe that the Broncos would keep it close. I mean, ripping uh, mm-hmm. through, you know, down the field and, you know, with that go-ahead touchdown to Latavius Murray, but they couldn't get anything going after that. So, but the Jets, to their credit, you know, Zach Wilson didn't make any big mistakes. Unfortunately, Brees Hall, he's done for the year. They just confirmed that it is a torn ACL, so you're mm-hmm. going to have to find another uh, running back for your fantasy uh, team, Sid, unfortunately. But, Look, yeah, you know, I gotta Jets, go search it through the uh, to the trash and we call free agency. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're kind of the waiver wire too. But uh yeah, so but again, you want know, nice work for the Jets. They're five and two, you know, they're four and oh away right now. So uh you, you take the win, you know, it's a costly win, but yeah, you take the win if you're the Jets. But you know, but look, they got a nice you know, deep squad. So hopefully they can kind of you know, hopefully the hall injury won't be too big of a too big of a derailment for them. The Broncos are now two and five on the season. They'll play Jacksonville in London next week. <laughs> yeah, go figure yeah, that one. Should, yeah, I'll say go figure with that one. <laughs> yeah. To Viva Las Vegas is, ne- is our next stop where the Las Vegas Raiders uh, get a, a big win, their second win of the season, defeating the Houston Texas 38-20. Davis Mills for the Texas 28-41, 302 yards and two touchdowns. Mr. Jacobs, Mr. 
Josh Jacobs had 20 carries for 143 yards and three touchdowns for the Raiders. And Devontae Adams had eight catches for 95 yards. And in, in then, yeah, sorry, not Oakland, but the Las Vegas Raiders scored 21 of their 38 points in the fourth quarter alone. Yeah, they pulled away from uh, uh, the Texans late. So a nice win for them. Of course, if you got Josh Jacobs on your fantasy team, you're feeling pretty good right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have three, another three uh, rushing touchdowns for him, 143 yards and, and such. So, you know, a nice, a nice uh, performance by him once again. Uh, you know, it was actually wasn't a bad game for a little bit. So, you know, mm-hmm. you definitely take the win if you're the Raiders. And I think they definitely needed that, that little confidence boost after what happened in Kansas City last Monday night. Yeah, the Raiders are two and four in the year while the Jet Texas dropped their record to one, four, and one. To Los Angeles, we go where the, the San Diego Chargers of Los Angeles, we call them on this show. They drop a big game in home to the Seattle Seahawks, 37 to 23. Justin Herbert for the Chargers, 33 of 51, 293 yards, two touchdowns. Kenneth Walker, the third for Seattle, 23 carries, 168 yards, and two touchdowns. Austin Eckler, for the Chargers, 12 catches, 96 yards in the score. Lakina, uh, injuries on both sides took place yesterday. Mr. Jackson for the Chargers, it looks like he may be out for the year. He was carted off in the air. His leg yeah. was a, in an air cast. Uh, DK Casey Metcalf, Jackson. yeah, mm, DK Metcalf, the sub wide receiver for Seattle, he was carted off the field yesterday. But head coach Pete Carroll said earlier today that Metcalf's knee will not uh, will not require surgery. So that's good news there. So Seattle. Uh, uh, so clearly the surprise team in the league this year. They are now four and three in uh, top with the Rams and the NFC West. Go figure. Yeah, uh, Walker uh, leading the charge there. He he becomes uh, came the first uh, rookie. Seahawks rookie to uh, have 150 rushing yards and two rushing touchdowns in the game. So it's got to go all the way back to Kirk Warner back in 1983. No, not that Kurt Warner. For <laughs> the Kurt Warner that played at Penn State, and of course he was a running back in the NFL for a, a few years. But, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I don't think everyone thought that the Seahawks were going to rebuild after trading Russell Wilson. You know, the mm-hmm. show so far, they're not doing that. I mean, Geno Smith, you know, another solid uh, showing by him, you know, two touchdowns. Had an interception. My, my Chargers, now I, got, I might have to find another wide receiver because, you know, Mike Williams got hurt as well. But I guess the good news is that's not serious, so that's a good thing. But yeah. uh, I think he scored two yesterday as well. Yeah, so, uh, it, it's yeah, it, it's going to be – I don't know what's going on with the Chargers right now. It is just I don't know. But look, good for the Seahawks. I mean, I think this stuff. If you're a Pete Carroll, you're feeling a little bit like vindicated, if you will. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, Seattle improves that record to four and three on the season. The Chargers dropped their record to four and three, and I believe they're two games behind uh, this next team, the Kansas City Chiefs and Foxes, America's game of the week. Uh, they dominated the 49ers on, at the Bay, forty-four to twenty-three. Patrick Mahomes. 423 yards passing on three touchdowns. Jeff Wilson ran the ball hard for San Francisco. At least that's what the stat she says. Seven times for 54 yards. Juju Smith-Schuster for Kansas City. Seven catches, 124 yards in a score. But Miko Harmon was the story, scoring three total touchdowns. The uh, Chiefs Twitter is going to be insufferable for this next week, I tell you. Uh, <laughs> look, unfortunately, I mean, look, Jimmy G threw a, a little reception. You know, Christian McCaffrey in his first game. Just a couple of days after he was traded to the 49ers, 38 uh, rushing yards, only eight carries. Probably should have had more than that. Mm-hmm. Jeff Wilson, why didn't he get the ball more? So I really feel like the 49ers, you know, should have depended on their running game a lot more. Now their run defense, you know, didn't do anything either, you know, mm-hmm. late in the, in the second half. So 
Oh yeah, yeah. I'll I'll give y'all credit. Yo, okay, yeah. So she had 124 yards. Valdez getting getting 111 yards. So he's on my fantasy team. Yay for me. But you know, <laughs> but like I said, Chiefs tour is going to be insufferable, and they're five and two. Okay, but it's just I I don't know. I mean, like the the, the somebody's still off with the Chiefs team. I know everybody wants to say, well, see, see, they don't need Tyreek Hill. Okay, folks, let, let's. All right, y'all, y'all wanna, <laughs> you guys want to play that game, but okay. Yep, yep, we told you guys that back in August, and we'll see what happens with the Chiefs. Of course, the 49ers dropped their record to 3-4 and four in the year, 2-1 and one at home, while the, the Chiefs, like you said, Lakina, improved their record to 5-2, and 3-1 and one away from Arrowhead Stadium. And in the Sunday night football, the Miami Dolphins uh, held on to a 16-10 to 10 win over a uh, rebuilding Pittsburgh Steelers team. To a tongue of a lower 21 to 35, 261 yards in a touchdown. Raheem Mostert, 16 carries for 79 yards. Uh, my guy Jalen Waddle, who, who I replaced with by Bench and Tyler Boyd, boo. He had four catches for 88 yards. And the Dolphins sealed the win with a toe tap and interception in the end zone to seal the win at the end. Yes. Yeah, the Dolphins improved their record to four and three. Yeah, I saw this game. Um you know, uh, last night, of course, and and look, it was sort of like you know the Steelers kept it close. You know, they had that great touchdown uh, pass from Kenny Pickett, so I think that sort of like kind of kept them in it. But they just couldn't you know get things going on offense. You know, other than mm-hmm. that, so that definitely you know didn't help them. You know, now if you're the Dolphins, you know, again you really needed this win because they had a rough last few weeks. So you know, this is sort of like a nice sort of you know kind of get right game for them. It actually turned out to be a pretty entertaining game. They honored the. 1972 Dolphins team, of course, mm-hmm. they went undefeated. So you know, it was a nice, a nice showing all around. But uh, I mean, I mean, yeah, it, it was a a solid showing by Tua, and you know, a nice game for uh, the Dolphins and the Dolphins defense. So, like I said, the Miami Dolphins three game loser streak is now over, and the Pittsburgh Steelers record drops to two and five. Of course, one more game left on the Week Seven docket. That's tonight at Foxborough Stadium. It's between the New England Patriots and the Chicago Bears. For those of you watching us here in Chicago locally, that game will be simulcasted on WGN Television at at seven o'clock. In parentheses those of you that don't have cable and everywhere else you can watch that game on espn of course espn 2 will have the manning cast yay Yay, yeah your manning cast is back again yes uh, so so i'll definitely be tuning into that tonight uh lakina very quickly we did the breakdown on friday uh what do you expect from this uh, game tonight i know that the patriots in most places are seven and a half point favorites some places had them eight but do you expect another Bears embarrassment on national television, or do you think that the Monsters of Midway will put up at least a decent fight for a while? I think they will. I think the latter. I think they'll definitely put up a decent fight for a while mm-hmm. if if the run game is sort of like the star here. Because remember, you know it's supposed to rain. I think over there in uh, just outside Boston tonight, so that mm-hmm. could play a factor here with the run game, especially. But uh, you know, give, give the ball to Montgomery. You know, I hopefully Fields doesn't get hurt. Because we all know that that yeah. Patriots defense is uh, definitely, like, I think they're like one of the top in tackles, one of the top teams in NFL mm-hmm. in tackles. So that's, you know, they better they need to look out for that too. And uh, Mac Jones, we'll see how he looks. You know, like he's going to get the start. So going to be dealing with a lot of stuff you know, for the Patriots as well. Now they've got a good running back tandem in a uh, Ramondre Stevenson and Damian Harris. So uh, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if if. <coughs> If uh, Belichick deal tells his guys to run the ball, run the ball down the Bears' throat because we all know that the Bears' run defense is very good. So, 
<laughs> right. It'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see if they can kind of rack up the, those yards. And uh, but yeah, I think they'll keep it close. I don't think uh, Troy was going to be on the verge of swearing. At least I don't. At least not early on. Might well, Matt Nagy's not there, so that's good news for starters. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, that that might help him a little bit there. But uh, yeah. So uh, like I said, it'll be a close one. I think, but I think the Patriots will pull away because I know they, they're still right there in the thick within the AFC uh, East. So you know that they, they need to you know, this win. And, uh, look, I know the Bear, I know Bears fans want to play the whole, like, well, they could be like, you know, six and six and or or five and one, but they can easily be like one and five too. So I don't want to, mm-hmm. I don't want anybody to play that, that card either. So, uh, but I think it'll be a close, but the patient will pull away late. I think. Yeah. Like, like you said, for the Bears they have to start off, uh, at least, at least, uh, what Lovey said, get off the bus running. And so, like you said, Khalil Herbert and David Montgomery must set the tone for the offense. Well, I want to see how Justin Fields adjusts, especially like you said, when, and if it starts, Raining tonight. Uh, can you do some? Can we get some play action passes? Luke Getzey, the Bears OC. Can we get some rollouts, some play action, please? Get Cole Komet involved. Let's see if Darner Mooney, if you can get him on a wide receiver screen or an end around or something. Right. Can, can we get that? Be be a little bit creative against this young Patriots defense. Like you said, Lakita, that that group can fly around and they can definitely make plays. No, this is not your father's Patriots. For 20 years ago when Brady got his career started with them. But this is a still young and active group defensively. So you know, the Bears will have their hands full tonight. So I'm with you. I think they'll keep it close for a while. On the flip side, for the Bears, Stevens, like, like I said, I think that secondary is coming of age. He's still got some work to do. But I'm um, liking the improvements of Kyler Gordon and Jaquan Brisker. Eddie Jackson's having a bounce back year. But I want to see that defensive line. Can they get the pressure on, on the quarterback and create a couple of turnovers? If they can create more than two turnovers, I think they'll have a shot to win this game. And they can sack a quarterback more than once. I think they'll win this game. They had more than two sacks last week, Lakina, and they lost. So let's see if the Bears' defensive front can continue the quarterback pressure tonight. Well, that old line is actually pretty solid for uh, for the Patriots. I think they're like one of the uh, one of the like the least you know given sacks given up this year. So I think that might be a tough task for them. They got a pretty solid old line. So we'll see what happens there. I know they got a couple of questions on that old line, but it looks like they're all going to play tonight. Uh, Isaiah Wynn and uh, Mike Anuwinus Anu Anu so. You know, that might not be it. That shouldn't be an issue there, but we'll see. It should be it should be a, a somewhat decent game, nonetheless. Now, real quick, Sid, uh, your studs and duds. Uh, Kenneth Walker from Seattle, Patrick Mahomes from Kansas City, and Taylor Heineke from Washington. Now, with the commanders being three and four, I, I know it's too early to say this, but I think that performance may have saved Ron Rivera's job. Might have you never know, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, that should be interesting. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins is gonna be my first stuff for the Cardinals. I'm going all the way back to Thursday, had 103 yards. You, you know, you can tell his presence was felt early on. He played mm-hmm. peacemaker between Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury, so that should definitely get a, a bonus uh stud there for him with that. Well, Baltimore, you're not in my doghouse, at least not for this weekend. He's not this weekend anyway. <laughs> he actually held, held on, you know, your defense stepped up late, so uh, that's good. And uh, PJ Walker for uh. For the Carolina Panthers, I mean, two touchdowns, and uh, you know, if he saw his story, you know, went undrafted, of course, you know, his former coach, both college and now pro, Matt Rule, drafted him. He gets the start, and he beats Tom Brady. So that's a pretty good Sunday for uh, PJ Walker. Yep. So there, those are studs for the week. Uh, your duds, I will start the San Francisco defense, yes. Tampa Bay's offense, and Jacksonville as a whole. I'll say the Chargers. What the hell happened? I know you lost a lot of you lose the guys to injury, but come on now, really? 
Yeah. Like, you let Gino Smith, you let Gino Smith, you know, throw over you, let Kenneth Walker, uh, the third, you know, run all over you. But I don't know what's going on over there in, you know, in charge of land, but, uh, I don't know what's going on there. Uh, Tampa as a whole, what's going on there? I don't know. I, I honestly don't know what's going on over there down there in Tampa other than, you know, Tom's uh, various uh, ish personal issues. But, you know, it is what it is. And Green Bay, uh, I, I don't know. It, it's just – it can't really use Devontae Adams as an excuse anymore. Looks like something's a little bit deeper than that. Some of the uh, – Mm-hmm. The wide receiving core from you know those young wide receiving core just isn't there for them right now. And look, I'm not gonna say his here and say that you know, you know they're gonna miss the playoffs because you never know. I mean, they've they've been through this before. They might actually go into a mm-hmm. run, but they've got Buffalo next uh, on Sunday, I should say. Yikes, they're already a 13 point underdog. <laughs> come off a bye, the Bills are coming off a bye. Yeah, it's gonna get pretty bad uh, before it gets better now <laughs> over in Green Bay. All right, and those are your studs and does for week seven in the National Football League. You're listening to Second City Sports, the Monday edition of Sports Zone Chicago. I'm Sid Deslakina. Let's close out the first hour of the show by discussing Major League Baseball. As we mentioned at the top of the show, the 22 World Series field is set. The World Series will begin on Friday, and your matchup will feature the returning. American League champion Houston Astros. They defeated the Yankees by the score of six to five last night to complete the sweep of the Bronx Bombers in the ALCS. While the Pittsburgh, sorry, the Philadelphia Phillies complete a comeback with that dramatic home run by Bryce Harper, who should be in the uniform of White Sox, but we'll get in there later. But uh, the Philadelphia, Philadelphia Phillies uh, defeated the San Diego Padres to take that NLCS. And five, they beat the Padres in game five, four to three. I'll start with the ALCS first, Lakina. Uh, the Yankees had their chances in the first two games, but they left a lot of guys on base. Uh, you thought those mistakes would get corrected once they got to Yankee Stadium, but the Astros bullpens, we talked about all year, and we talked about it on Friday. They found a way to get the job done. Now, last night, uh, it was a back-and-forth affair. The Yankees jumped out to an early 3-0 lead, but the Astros fought, fought back. Uh, the Yankees uh, climbed right back, but they just couldn't get over the hump. The Houston Astros, in my opinion, were the story. Yeah, I mean, their, uh, their bullpen was the story uh, uh, in in this series. Yeah, uh, you know, Aaron Judge said it best. He said, uh, "Look, they just went out and played better than uh, than us, and that's exactly what happened." And uh, to mm-hmm. the and to the um, you know, Jeremy Pena was big in that series. Of course, he was he won a ALCS MVP. So you know, that congrats to him. He was a big reason why the Astros were where they are right now. Now they're the third team in the wildcard era since 95 to sweep their way to the World Series. But if you're a Phillies fan, this could help you a little bit because they got uh, the Astros. I mean, you got uh, you know, turn the tide, though, because the first two that, that did that, the 07 Rockies and the 2014 Royals, went on to lose the World Series. So, you know, hopefully I don't know, yeah. Astros are hoping, oh, ho- are hoping uh, to, uh, to change that trend. Now the last five ALCS appearances for the Yankees, they lost the Astros, of course, two years ago. Well, three years ago, I should say. Then they lost the Astros two years before that and lost the Astros five years before that. Two years before that, they lost to the Tigers. And uh, about three years before that, they lost to the Rangers. They're the first team in MLB history to lose five straight LCS. <laughs> their uh, they're, uh, the la- the mm-hmm. five straight LCS appearances. So definitely uh, things might be uh, turning over there in the Bronx, but we'll get to that in a later date. But uh, look, you got to give it to uh, the Astros. Is there going to be their, what, their sixth straight uh, trip like in the last nine years? 
So, and I think they're 11th overall. So this is definitely one of those, I, no doubt that they'll be the sentimental favorite, of course, the Dusty Baker, of course, of course, what happened a couple years before that, we won't get into that, but, you know, look, they mm-hmm. got the pitching, well, they got the pitching to do it. And, you know, it's going to be interesting to see. And look, we'll, we'll see what happens against uh, Philadelphia. Now, speaking of Philadelphia, I don't think anybody saw this coming with the Phillies. They uh, got the best of the Padres. They said Bryce Harper's go-ahead home run was just the third in these playoffs in the eighth inning or later of a series-clinching game. Of course, Jeremy Pena did an ALDS for the Astros, and Oscar Gonzalez did an AL uh, wildcard series, of course, in game two to kind of turn the tide there in that series. That's the most in the history of a single postseason. That's pretty cool. They're, they're headed for the eighth time, their first since 09. And it's really been their pitching. Zach Wheeler in that that third game, that that, that well, in that, that fourth game, I should say, they were just, you know, stood out all over the place. And it was really their bats. Of course, you know, Bryce Harper's bat that, you know, the tie, the turn there. And uh, Nola Brothers, I think this is like what the eighth time that two brothers have faced each other. And uh, yeah, that, that's actually a pretty cool. Uh, of course, we lost it for a second, but uh, yeah. So it's very. Uh, I think this whole thing with the with the Phillies. I think you know, look, they've got the pitching, they got the hitting. The bullpen can be back and forth at times, mm-hmm. but they were able to come through when they needed to. Yeah, we mentioned throughout the you know, young postseason that Bryce Harper and Kyle Schwarber are are swinging the bats uh, very well. Bryce Harper is taking advantage uh, of the pitches that that's given to him. And you mentioned about the, the Phillies' bullpen. I told you I've been questioning their bullpen over the last year or so. Right now, uh, they've been pitching well enough to to hold out their opponents. But their top two stars, which you'll see the first two games of the World Series coming up this weekend, and Zach Wheeler and Aaron Nola, uh, they, they are very good. Uh, they can uh, nibble around the strike zone, and they come after you with strikes. And so uh, that they've – Philadelphia uh, starting pitcher is definitely something that you should not look over. We w- want to concentrate on the offense, and rightfully so. Uh, but uh, it's their pitching, but in particular, their starting pitches really carry, carry this team on, this, on the back burner. Now, on the flip side for the Astros, Jeremy Pena, remember that name? He's been again in a year, folks. He replaced Carlos Correa. Correa and trust me, the Astros don't miss Carlos Correa. Jeremy Pena has uh, picked it up, not only with the glove, with his bat as well. That's why he was named the American League Championship Series uh, Most Valuable Player. So the Astros, they know when to uh, pick up the, the right players for, for their system, and they just plug them in. You know there's only two players from the 2017 World Championship team is still remaining on their ball plug club. Their cheater, Jose Altuve, is one of them. But uh, you have to give the Astros credit for retooling just about on the fly and still remaining competitors, especially after they hired Dusty Baker prior to the shortened 2020 season. So uh, I, I know that your big execs don't like that the Dodgers are not in it or the Yankees are not in it, but it still should be an interesting World Series between these two clubs. I think the Phillies are going to be kind of like America's team in this case. Cause I'm sure there's yeah. a lot of heat for he's, even though most of those guys are not there anymore. Yeah. So uh, yeah, no doubt there's going to be definitely going to be some, uh, you know, folks chilling for uh, Philadelphia. I don't know if it's going to be Aaron Nola versus Justin Verlander or Zach Wheeler versus Justin Verlander, but mm-hmm. you know, we, we do we really don't know, but it'll probably be, it'll probably be a Wheeler versus Verlander. So that if one, if one or both, if we can get them early and, you know, get, get, get mm-hmm. some early, I think you probably could see you now. Do I think this could go, you know, the, the Astros even the Phillies? No, because I think we doubted the Phillies for too long at this mm-hmm. point. So if I were, yeah, if I were a betty person, and thank God I'm not, I would say a slight as the Astros. Yeah. Because of the fact that 
Yeah, yeah, you got you've had guys that have been there, of course. You know, Kyle Shore was there with the Cubs a couple of years, a few years back. And you know, I know Nick Castellanos has been, you know, been close a couple of times too. So mm-hmm. they're definitely it was good good be interesting to see if the nerves gets to the Phillies, I think. But other than that, I mean, look, I think they've they've they're playing with house money at this point, so I'm sure they're gonna want to go mm-hmm. all the way. And so it's gonna be very interesting to see like if the nerves get to Philadelphia, I think. Yeah, and give new manager Robbie Thompson credit. You know, he replaced Joe Girardi earlier in the season, and that team took off uh, ever since. And we talk about the Mets and, and the Braves battling now for the uh, NL East title. It was Philadelphia who picked up the pace, and mm-hmm. that's why they clinched uh, one of the top wild card spots in the National League. Uh, I think this series, I'll give you my pick on Friday since the series will start on Friday, but mm-hmm. I think it's going to come down to the bullpens for both these teams. As I mentioned, the Houston Astros bullpen is one of the best, if not the best, uh, in all of baseball. Like I said, Philadelphia has surprised some people with their bullpen performance so far in these playoffs. They held off enough while the office has given that staff and the entire staff the support that they needed. So I think it's going to come down to the bullpens for both these teams. And and the Astros can swing it too. I mean, you mentioned yeah. Altuve, Yaldon, uh, Yaldon Alvarez, Alvarez, also Cal Tucker. Remember that name, White Sox fans from a year mm-hmm. ago. So mm-hmm. he could swing, swing a big stick as well. Of course, you have Chas McCormick. So uh, the Houston has some boppers in that lineup too. Well, yeah, and of course, you know, the Phillies there are no slouches. Of course, I mentioned Castellanos and Schwarber, mm-hmm. Bryce Harper, of course. But you know, you know Juan uh, Gene Seguera, Seguera. You know, he's been big, you know, this in this mm-hmm. World Series too. So and then in this whole series. So, you know, all the postseason for the Phillies. So yeah, there's a little bit depth in the Phillies as well. So it's gonna be very interesting to see, like, you know, <clears throat> will will it be the pitching or will it be the hitting that kind of wins it this World Series? We've seen it in the last few years that you know, we saw what happened with Atlanta last year. It was really mm-hmm. their hitting that kind of you know saved them in that series against the Astros. Then mm-hmm. the year before that, you know, with the short season, it was actually the Dodgers. Uh, pitching, even though the, they had they had a couple of big hits as well, but it was really their pitch that kind of sort of you know healed that in that shortened season. So it it can kind of go either way when it comes to the World Series, especially when you have the Astros were the favorite, but then like I said, the Phillies are playing with house money right now. Yeah, so it's going to be. I think it's going to be an interesting twenty twenty two series, as we say all the time. It's strong pitching in defense that's going to win out in the playoffs. Runs come at a premium. I don't see this changing anytime. So with the World Series starting on Friday, remember the World Series home field advantage will belong to the Astros. So they'll host games one and two on Friday and Saturday, and should games six and seven take place. The Astros will host game six and seven as well. So it's a two, three, two format. Houston gets four games. Philadelphia gets three games. So we'll see what happens there. Our number one is in the books. Our number two is straight ahead. As you're listening to Second City Sports on Sports Hall Chicago, we'll review uh, week eight in college football. We'll give you the first full weekend from the action from the world of basketball, the NBA, the Bulls. Woo, we got to digest that mess. How much we'll do it uh we'll, we'll try to get through it as quickly as we can and we have 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 a special guest our good friend Spiro, Spiro Diaz from CBS Sports and Turner Sports to give us his take on the world of football and pro basketball I'm Sid that's Lakina you're listening to the Monday edition of Second City Sports right here on Sports Zone Chicago my lane no not at all are you not paying attention 
Are you texting? I was just checking in with my mom. I was telling her that I thought we'd be home by six. It's okay. There's enough time. Just pay attention. I'm not even halfway through my text. There's no way. I'm not even going to look up. My babies are in the car. You have to pay attention. It's just supposed to be a quick text. I'm so sorry. Hi, I'm Tom Brady, the director of DoDEA. September is National Suicide Prevention and Awareness Month. The simple act of reaching out and caring for those in our communities is something we all can do. Just being there for someone you care about can be a tremendous first step in getting them access to confidential resources and support that they need. It only takes one person and one small act and one minute to make a difference. Let's make a difference. Welcome back to hour number two of Second City Sports Monday edition. We're live in living color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. You can follow your truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's S I D K I D A zero. That's S I D K I D A zero. You can follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan McGee on the IG. We have less than 60 minutes left for this extravaganza. We call it Sports Talk Radio Show. If you have any questions or comments for us, you can always go to Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Type in questions or comments in the comments section. Lakina will get the up on the screen for you. Lakina, let's kick off our number two of this fabulous program on this fabulous Monday afternoon by discussing the National Basketball Association. But first, we'll get to our Chicago Bulls, the one and two Chicago Bulls. Uh, Lakina, after losing a heartbreaker on Friday night in Washington, where DeMar DeRozan missed a potential game winner, the league came out later the next day, said that he got fouled. But, of course, there was no call that was made, so the Bulls had to take it on the chin. They really took it uh, took it on the chin in their whole opener on last Saturday night, uh, losing to their division rival Cleveland Cavaliers 128-96. to Donovan Mitchell. 
for the Cavs who they required uh, acquired via trade from Utah in the all seasons scored a game high 32 points. Kevin Love shut down the Bulls with 15 points, including five or six from three point range. Zach Levine made his season debut for Chicago. He had 23 points. Nikolai Vucevic had 16 points, but only four rebounds. DeMar DeRozan struggled. He had 13 points before getting kicked out of the game by arguing uh, a bunch of calls toward the end of the game. Patrick Williams, who's really called me crazy, has been a big disappointment so far through three games this year. He had six points and three rebounds in only 16 minutes of action. Lakina, uh, I'll, I'll ask you, are you are you starting to jump off the Bulls bandwagon just yet? And is it time to do, insert Javante Green to starting lineup in place of Williams? What, yeah, I think that's what they're going to do tonight. They'll, they have it. Uh, Billy Donovan has announced the stars yet, but I think if for the better for the team, at least for right now, get Green out there in the lineup. He's actually been pretty uh, solid. He was solid a couple of times. He has started the preseason now. Going back to that Wizards game, I saw that game, and uh, yeah, he got, yeah, uh, DeMar got fouled. And I don't know. I hate when NBA does this after the fact that, mm -hmm. oh, well, you know, that should have been a call or that should have been a three or a two. When the East is sort of, you know, okay, I'll, I'll take Boston and Milwaukee out of it. But when the, the East is such a log jam, of course, when you have the uh, the Wizards and the Bulls and, excuse me, and the, and the Cavs, these are the kind of things that can come out to bite you in the butt. These are these are kind of losses. So mm -hmm. I don't appreciate that. And uh, yeah, I'm over that. And I'm like like Demaris said after the after uh, Saturday's game. Like, okay, just don't just don't say anything. Just don't just don't say nothing. Yo, yo, you'll be better off now. As far as the Cavs game, look, the Cavs, yo, they couldn't they couldn't miss from three point uh, land in the first uh, half of that game. You know, they were like 12 for like 18 or something like that. I mean, Kevin Love mm -hmm. was like five for six from three, which I don't think he's done that in years. So. Look, it's one of those things where look, you caught them a good shooting night. That look, that happens in a lot of season NBA. First, mm -hmm. you know, and then the Bulls. You had to come back from DC and all that. And I think Demar was kind of wanting to take the uh, the game off. That's why he struggled from the field. Didn't then tip the three. I think you know he was he he is he and Zach were getting hacked and weren't getting the calls either. So I'm not putting all the emphasis on that, but that that played a little bit of a part. So you know, the Cavs, like like I said before, and I and I remember when uh when we, we did our uh, NBA round table, I know uh, uh our, our buddy Big Dave Watson from CHGO Bulls asked me like you know, why do you like the Cavs? Well the Cavs got some issues with the Bulls, like the Bulls do. They don't have a true uh center up front. And their interior defense is a very is very good. They can they can defend from the outside, but their interior mm -hmm. defense isn't very good either. So they've got some issues too uh in Cleveland. So that's why I'm not a big believer in Cleveland just yet. Now, as far as this Boston game that's coming up tonight, I mean, look, hopefully Vooch has a good night. I mean, it's his birthday. Happy 32nd of Vooch. Today's his birthday, so Nikola Vucevic's <laughs> birthday. So hopefully you have a, have a nice showing tonight. And they're 3-0 right now, Boston is. And at least right now, the whole uh, Emi Yodoka drama isn't affecting them just yet. But, you know, I, I you know, I think, I think we'll have a better effort from the Bulls tonight. And I think they'll – I'm not going to say they're going to win, but I think they'll definitely um, might surprise some folks tonight. Yeah, uh, just wrapping up on that Cavs game from last Saturday. Uh, Jared Allen, you discredited my guy. Lakina, I know he's not all-world. I know he was an all-star a year ago, but he's the only inside presses that the Cavs have. So and he did do some things on Saturday, but they really didn't need that much from him because, like you said, they had great shooting from the outside. And Darius Garland did not play on Saturday because he has a, a – uh, eye injury uh, that he's going through right now, but the Bulls didn't close out defensively. They uh, they really didn't rebound uh, with any uh, fero uh, ferocity. Uh, excuse my Walt Frazier language, but uh, they really didn't rebound the ball well, like they have uh, that, that like they did the first couple of games of the year. 
They couldn't close out defensively. Offensively, they, they just lost. I know they had a little spurt in that second half, but they uh, it looked like they, that entire team looked lost. And I don't know if they let that, that game from the Wizards from the night before affect them, but whatever it was, it – it it, uh, it it all came uh, collapsing on them. Now I'm with you. I think they'll give a better effort tonight against Boston. Will they win? I'm not sure, but uh, you you'll expect a better effort tonight. I I'll guarantee you that. Like I say, Zach Levine looked good uh, in, in his limited action. Uh, Demar Derozan. I think he'll get that. What happened happened to him after the game on Saturday out of his head. I think he'll have a better game tonight. I'm looking for Vucevic and. Perhaps, like you said, Javante Green getting to a starting lineup. I think they'll definitely energize this team to just get off to a better start tonight. Absolutely. So, like I said, it's going to be very interesting with this game and mm-hmm. and and whatnot. So, like I said, I think you know they needed the rest and I think to kind of get that whatever that that bad taste that the that Warriors game had out their mm-hmm. mouths because that should have been a win. Yes, I'm going to be bitter about that too for a while. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think that there's like they should be two and one right now. There's no if ands or buts about it. So, but yeah, I mean, look, I think that I'm looking about look. At, I'm looking at a better effort from the Bulls tonight, especially against the Celtics. We'll see how the Celtics, you know, look, but it'll be, excuse me, it'll be very interesting to see what happens in that game. Now, what caught your eye this weekend in the NBA? Let's start off at the Western Conference. Damian Lillard, the Portland Trail Blazers are are now two and zero after beating the Lakers yesterday afternoon, uh, formerly known as Staples Center, and they beat the Phoenix Suns in their home opener on uh, last Friday night. Damian Lillard, uh, back-to-back 41-point games. He hit the go-ahead bucket yesterday against uh, the Los Angeles Lakers. On the flip side for the Lakers, Lakina, uh, I'm not surprised that there's, uh, they're starting off this is bad. LeBron is being LeBron. Uh, Anthony Davis, even though he took – we talked about this on our show last Friday. He took a hard fall in that loss against the Clippers last Thursday. But uh, he did well yesterday. Mm-hmm. Call me crazy, Lakeith. I don't know if you caught uh, any other game yesterday. But I watched that game via my DVR this morning. Uh, Patrick Beverly, as we say, he was going to bring a defensive attitude to the Lakers. Why wasn't he guarding Damian Lillard in the fourth quarter? He had Lonnie <laughs> Walker – former San Antonio Spurs guarding him. And Damian Lillard, as expected, took advantage of him. <laughs> of course, of course. So uh, I don't know what, what's the mindset of a Darvin Ham there. I don't know what I don't know what that is. Well, I'm sure we'll, we'll ask Spiro, uh, when you know, he comes on in a little bit. But, yeah, it was just – I caught a little bit of that game because, you know, the the Steelers-Dolphins game was kind of boring. So I switched over to to be a TV for that <laughs> one. But uh, it, it's just – like, I don't know what to think about it. But, uh, the Lakers were 25 for 118 for a three-point range for their first three games of the season. Mm. NBA history. There have been a lot of instances, I won't say the number, but of a team taking at least 103 over three games, man. But they're all just they're only shooting over 21%. That's the lowest out of any of them. That's only ahead of this man was the 2018 Hawks. And we know how bad that Hawks team was in 2018. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, like I said, you know, LeBron, it's not LeBron, it's not AD, you know, it's really the supporting cast. Westbrook, you know, P-Bev isn't doing what he's supposed to be doing, what they signed him for. He's not being a def- that, that great, you know, defensive stopper that they thought they were going to get, you know, Troy Brown Jr. They really don't have that much on the bench. So I, I don't know what else to say. I mean, could I don't know. I mean, the Lakers are just – I know people want to bring up that, oh, well, uh, the 91 Bulls uh, started 0-3 and they won the championship. These are the 91 Bulls, folks. <laughs> 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 Let, let's, let's get that out the way. But, uh, yeah, it's just – Trouble uh, abound in a Laker land. But on the flip side, though, uh, the Clippers, now the Clippers, you know, they lost a tough one, but, you know, but they're, they're still, they're still been pretty solid so far. I'm talking about the Clippers. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's definitely, 
but you know, having Kawhi coming back from the bench to start the season, you know, like it's going to take him a few games to kind of get going because remember, he didn't play all of last year. I know they lost a tough one against the Suns, but you know, mm-hmm. you, you can kind of tell. But the Suns were shooting like, yeah, like crazy. Speaking about crazy shooting, speaking of, <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, that game, uh, you know, Devin Booker had 35 and uh, CP3 kicked him with you know, only seven points, but he had 11 assists. So that you just put on a, a clinic over there at the, uh, I'm not calling it that corporate name anymore, but uh, <laughs> well, 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 I'll say that, but yeah, just a, a nice show by the Suns. But, you know, the Clippers, you know, they, they, look, they were really, they've been really solid so far, you know, despite that loss. Yeah, the Clippers, uh, they had a back-to-back over the weekend, as you mentioned, they lost to, uh, uh, to the Suns in their home opener last night, but uh, Kawhi looked good in his limited action. They're bringing him off the bench to at least start the year, so and so he can get some uh, get the win underneath the, uh, underneath his legs. But like I said, Phoenix on the flip side, uh, I mentioned they lost at Portland on Friday night. They got the bad taste out of their mouth, so mm-hmm. uh, they, they had hot shooting last night to beat the Clippers. But the Clippers, uh, you know, I picked them as my winner for the NBA championship this year. So uh, they uh, they look they they've, they've been looking good so far. And like I said, they won the game at, at Sacramento on Saturday night without Kawhi Leonard. I watched some of that. Uh, they have a well balanced roster. John Wall, who actually didn't have a bad game last night. Uh, he had about three three pointers that I saw, so and he's going to help out that Clippers team very well, especially coming off the bench. I know he started last night, but uh, he's going to uh, fit well in, into his role. You're not going to need him uh, to carry the load like he did early in his career with 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 the Washington Wizards when he teamed up with Bradley Beal. So you still have Paul George, the MVP candidate, and Kawhi Leonard is just, is just getting started. So. Hopefully by uh, by uh, the first of the year, Kawhi Leonard will actually be starting these games that he'll be playing at least thirty five plus minutes a, a night. Absolutely, and uh, definitely one of the surprises in the NBA so far has been the Utah Jazz. I know they beat uh, the Pelicans, but that's all remember to the Pelicans and have Brendan Ingram. So I think people need to kind of mm-hmm. just you know slow down on that. Look, I'm not going to say that with his hip last night too. He was yeah, having a well, good game as well. I was yeah, watching his, something. Uh, yeah, he bruises butt basically. That's what you know, I know. Yeah. Trying to class up with a, uh, a hip uh, posterior. No, he bruises ass. That's basically what uh, but what, <laughs> what that means. But uh, but look, I mean, the Lord marketing, you know, thirty-one points, uh, twelve uh, rebounds. Kelly Olynyk had twenty points. Look, I'm not gonna say that. Well, Utah's looked good so far. I'm not gonna say that this is supposed to be a rebuilding year for Utah. You know, no mm-hmm. Gobert, no more uh, Donovan Mitchell. They looked really good so far. Like I said, I don't think they'll be able to keep it up, especially in a very competitive West. But Look, if you're a jazz fan, you can you can take a little bit of you know, a little bit of happiness there so far. Yeah, and also too, if you're uh, if you're a former Bull, Laurie Marketing, he's been having a great start to the season. Uh, Twenty plus points in his first uh, in his last two games. Did you see the play in the fourth quarter, Lakina, last night? Mm-hmm. Uh, Laurie Marketing appeared to step on the on the end line, yes. and Jordan Clarkson hit that shot to tie the game in regulation. Mm-hmm. If the rest would have called that called that the New Orleans would have won that game I'm not going to say going away but they want to want a close one so sometimes you take advantage of uh, of the breaks whether it's the other team or the refs uh, in this case but Laurie Marketing has has had a nice start to the year for the Jazz Jordan Clarkson's looked good Colin Sexton's looked good too I know they gave him an extension after that trade over the summer so Utah like you said, they, I don't think they're going to be in in the long run, but they may get some teams some problems going forward. Now, on the flip side from New Orleans, like you said, I really like that team this year. Their challenge is going to be just like the Bulls. Can you stay out of seventh? Because assuming that we don't have a rash of entries to big stars, uh, it, that Western Conference is going to be tough. You cannot take a night off. I still like Zion Williamson if he stays healthy. Like I said, Brandon Ingram hasn't played at all this year. Uh, you guys, 
they have some other role players yeah. that uh, uh, that you have right now. Alvarado, that 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 point guard, that pesky guy. I know mm-hmm. Matt Pat doesn't like it for a good friend for <laughs> CHP because of what he did to the Bulls last year and everybody else. Yes, uh, he he's still good. Uh, you mm-hmm. also have CJ McCollum, who they signed to an extension this offseason after making a trade for him last year. And he made a difference for them last year uh, when they're playing games before losing in the first round to the Suns. So they have some nice young talent. So don't sleep on the New Orleans Pelicans just, just yet. It, as, assuming that's Zion Williams to say healthy, they're going to be better, I think, than what people think. But heaven forbid that Zion Williamson uh, doesn't stay healthy. Uh, they can still do it without them, but it's just going to be just a little bit tougher like a year ago. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting because they're the, long, the Pelicans are no longer the hunters anymore. They're not a hunted, and I know teams mm-hmm. are going to take them lightly. They kind of surprised a lot of folks, you know, pushing the Suns to seven last spring. So that that's going to be very interesting, though. But yeah, we'll see if they can keep it up. You know, Zion's back. Hopefully, he can stay healthy and stay out of the uh, the injury uh, list. But uh, hopefully, uh, that'll be uh, their turn in the corner there in that front. Now, I want to uh, give a little shout out to a couple of the rookies. Uh, Paolo Panchero, the rookie from Orlando, his first three games. He's had, you know, he scored 27, 20, and 23. And he's the first team mm-hmm. teenagers to score to have his first to score uh 20 plus points in his first each of his first three games in NBA history. So that's a pretty uh cool moment for them. Now, unfortunately, the magic they're uh 0 3, but you know, that's a <laughs> but you know, I think he kind of figured that this was gonna be kind of like a, a thing here. But uh, you know, it, I, I like look, I, I like his game. You know, he's shoot he's shooting, you know, very well from the three uh, mm-hmm. arc and you know. Look, it'll, it'll get better, Orlando fans. I, I promise. Also, to uh, Ben Mathurin, uh from Arizona, uh, working from Arizona, the working from Arizona. Of course, he's now with the Pacers. You know, he's dropped back-to-back twenty-point performances, come out the bench in both uh, those first uh, games. He joins uh, Reggie Miller as a he did for four four times, four straight times in '87, his first year as the only uh, rookies from the Pacers to score twenty-plus points his consecutive games off the bench. So, uh, if you're Rick Carlisle, I think you should probably start him. Just saying, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but uh, I mean, um, I think the Pacers are like, like a two and one right now. I think the Pacers are. I'm not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So uh, nice start for the Pacers and such. So uh, yeah. So it's yeah you know, they're one and two right now at the Pacers. One and two. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. So yeah. No, no, no. So it's, it's fine because I like you. Know, this is a log jam right now, City, with only three games. Yeah, you know, we're on the log jam here. But uh, can I get a mulligan again on the Sixers, please? Pretty please, with Spin on top. Yeah, zero and three on the year, but they'll they'll turn around. They have too much talent to. Uh, to not turn around. Like I said, Doc Rivers perhaps is on his legs, legs as a uh, head coach of that team. I uh, did watch some of that game on Saturday before the Bulls. Of course, Philadelphia hosted San Antonio. It shouldn't have been too much of a surprise that San Antonio went in there and beat them the way they did. Yeah, they did. It just, you know, they, they like I said, you know, the three-point was really like the thing. You know, they were 16 for uh, 38 from three. And, uh, but they've got some, uh, they've got some good players. I know that uh, even uh, Pop admitted that he's only playing, only coaching for the check now. <laughs> So he kind of of played that, but they got some pretty uh, solid talent. You know, they got Keldon, Keldon Johnson, Jeremy Shochin, uh, uh, Trey Joes, among others. I mean, they've got, you know, his guys, young guys playing right now. Now, will it be up there for uh, the Western Conference? You know, maybe not, but they'll they'll probably be like playing for like maybe the play-in, I guess. But, uh, but uh, the Sixers, hopefully they can turn around and turn around quick because there are people already. Oh, I think the Phillies are in the World Series, so they're not, you know, they're a little too distracted. But after right. that, I mean, after that, it's just going to be, it's going to be brutal. If they don't get to get together quick. Yeah. Also, too, I want to go back to staying with the Eastern Conference. I want to go back to the Detroit Pistons. They're now one and two on the year. I did get a chance to watch the majority of that game against the, at the Knicks no. on uh, last Friday. They got blown out. But yeah. J- Jalen Ivey, their rookie draft pick out of Purdue, he looks good. Oh, I love him. 
Yeah, him and Kate Cunningham is going to be a nice uh, backcourt. They just got starting out their frontcourt. I know they got Bojan Bajanovic yes. uh, in their trade from Utah this offseason, but they got to bust up their front line even even more. And I, I know they lost a close one to the Pacers uh, in on the road last Saturday night. But like like we said, Detroit. I don't think they're going anywhere, but I think they're building something special over there. So uh, maybe in, in maybe one more year. I think they'll be a serious contender for a playoff spot, but not this year. So they still rebuilding. So uh, the, Detroit, they still got a ways to go after winning, beating Orlando last Wednesday opening night. Also, too, the Milwaukee Bucks, uh, they dominated uh, the Houston Rockets in that whole opener, 125-109. Mm -hmm. So they built off that big win on the road at Philadelphia last Thursday. So they're off to a nice start. What about the Dallas Mavericks, Lakina? Uh, they, they forgot about their loss at Phoenix. They dominated Memphis mm -hmm. last Saturday night. <laughs> Yeah, I did not see that coming, but uh, yeah, I right. mean, yeah, I mean, look, Dallas, look, Dallas has been one of those teams where they could kind of thought that maybe they could kind of, you know, get a little bit, you know, they were only a couple of games from going to the finals, you know, they lost that tough one against uh, the Suns, but yeah, they bounced back, they just hammered the Grizzlies, did not see that coming at all, but uh, look, you know, of course, Luca, you know, of course, he's going to be one of the favorites for MVP, no doubt about that, but, you know, they, they had 25 off the bench from Christian Wood, of course, they got that from that trade, so I'm looking forward to see what happens there, but I, I feel like, you know, I think that the maps can be like right there in the, uh, the thick of it for uh, uh, for that Western Conference. It's it's, it's gonna be it's gonna be a slog a slugfest for that Western Conference, uh, Sid. Yeah, we talked about over the summer Dallas losing Jalen Jalen Brunson. He's now the starting point guard of the New York Knicks, but now you still have Spencer Dinwiddie in the mix. You know, Christian Wood is going to be a nice addition for the Dallas Mavericks team. The question is, who's going to help out Luka Doncic on a regular basis? Who's going, who's going to take that scoring load off of Luka? And that was the question that we had about the Dallas Mavericks going through their playoff run last year as they lost to the Golden State in the Western Conference Finals. Like I said, they had some nice pieces, but who's consistently going to step up and take off that low, uh, that scoring load off of Luka Doncic's hands? Yes, Tim Hardaway Jr. is back, but who, who's going to be that guy to say, hey, Luka, I'm going to help you out scoring-wise? Yeah, they got to do it consistently, though. That was a problem last year in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. You know, they couldn't, nobody was able to help Luca. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Now, I want to give a shout out, of course, to Steph Curry. Uh, he has one thousand, his 100th career a regular season game with 30 points or less, and including seven three pointers in that win against the Kings. That's more than double anyone else mm -hmm. in NBA history. Of course, James Hart is next behind him with only 42. So. You'll get that there. But a uh, nice bounce back game for uh, the Canes. They lost a tough one to the Nuggets. But, look, they, look the Canes kind of came close for a little bit too. Yeah, the, I know the new head coach, Mike Brown, has those guys motivated. So we'll see if they can even sniff a, a sniff a playing uh, a spot. So, like I said, they lost a couple of games. They, uh, they don't let that final score fool you, but uh, they almost pulled off a win against the Clippers. They, uh, they lost a toe on opening night against the Blazers last week. Uh, their final score last night, they could fool you, but they could out-warrior the Warriors uh, defensively. Mm. So, you know, they could put up some points, but uh, defensively, they still have some work to do. I know they still have some guys like uh, DeMontis Sabonis, the former Indiana Pacer. They got in the trade at the trade deadline in exchange for Tyrese Halliburton. You still have De'Aaron Fox and Harrison Barnes. Still not a bad roster, but they still have long ways to go. Now, Lakina, speaking of the different nuggets, I did watch that game on Saturday night in its entirety via this computer screen against mm -hmm. OKC. We all know yeah. OKC is not going anywhere. They're still rebuilding. But uh, Nikolai Jokic had another triple-double. Jamar Murray looks good from his uh, torn ACL. 
from a season that he missed all of last season. And Jeff Green's still hanging around. I remember when he got drafted back some years ago. And, so, and they still has uh, Michael Porter Jr., who looks good in limited action on Saturday. So if Denver can stay healthy, I think they'll be another cha- uh, another challenging team as far as title contenders are concerned the Western Conference. That West is, is stacked, as we said before. We're going to keep saying it as the year go on, goes on. Yeah, that's that was that seventy seventh career triple double for uh, Jokic, mm-hmm. second most among centers, only trailing Wilt uh, with uh, seventy eight. So definitely, Jokic will definitely mm-hmm. uh, uh, will pass that, you know, barring injuries. But uh, yeah, I think look, Denver's still trying to get it going. Look, you know, look, Jamal Murray did not play off last season, so he's starting to kind of mm-hmm. get his starting to get his groove back. And like uh, Michael Porter Jr. I mean, look, I think health's going to be an issue here. There's always been an issue for the Nuggets team the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. So if they, if all those guys can stay healthy, if you know Aaron Gordon, uh, Porter Jr., Murray, I mean, they got a couple of uh, solid guys off the bench. If they all can stay healthy, they can be right up there with the with the the Warriors and the Clippers and uh, the Mavs and them. So like I said, well, we'll ask Firo about that in a little bit. But uh, <laughs> yeah, look, that, it's good. Like I said, it's going to be a log jam and a slugfest. So you know, it might, you know, it'll be depending on who left standing in the end. You listen to Second City Sports on Sports Zone Chicago. We're live in Living Color on a Monday edition. We're talking about the Bulls and the NBA. I'm Sid. That's Lakina uh, here with you. Uh, wrapping up the NBA, since we have a few minutes left, Lakina, I'm going to get your thoughts on, uh, even though it's still very early in the season, not a completely a full week that has been completed. Yeah, I want to ask you about these two teams in the Eastern Conference. One of them, uh, both of them actually had the chance to check out on opening night, the Atlanta Hawks and the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, I saw a little bit of that, um, the game they had, Atlanta had a, against, uh, I guess, or uh, I mean, I think mean, Charlotte, of course, unfortunately, they lost that game. Mm-hmm. Now, for me, I, I think, look, Atlanta, they're one of those teams where you just don't know. I mean, we need somebody there to kind of, you know, Trey Young is still doing his thing. Um, you know, they got DeJounte Murray from that trade. And so, mm-hmm. you know, Cliff Capella is still around. And, of course, DeAndre Hunter. So, and, and John Collins, I mean, we'll see if he can kind of keep up. He kind of came out of nowhere a couple of years ago. He's kind of fallen mm-hmm. off a little bit. So for me, I, I think you know, the Hawks, can they be up there? But I think they might be right there like they were last year playing for the play-in. I think that's probably mm-hmm. where they're going to be. But, yeah, and I hate saying that. But, yeah, I, I just, you know, I know they got the Holiday brothers now. You know, they got, you know, Justin Holiday and uh, Aaron Holiday. I don't think they're, all that they're related. But, you know, I don't know. I mean. It's gonna be very interesting. I know. Uh, I know Mike Woodson. I think him, you know, being there. I think that helps a little bit because he got a little bit of a experience. I guess his experience in the playoffs. But I well, Nate McMillan. I mean, Nate, Nate McMillan. I should say. I don't know why I got you know, his name from. But uh, yeah, Nate. Nate you know, you think about them bald heads now. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, they both got bald heads. So I think that kind of threw me <laughs> off. But uh, but uh, you yeah, know, he's doing good things over in Indiana too. Uh, IU, by the way, is a lot of mama. But yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see if, if he if Nate really kind of get things going there for Atlanta because I feel like you know they're just they're kind of been like inconsistent so far. Yeah, like I didn't watch the game yesterday, but I saw that game on Friday against Orlando. They did look good. Trey Young, we know he's gonna what he brings to the table uh, every night. Uh, Deontay Murray is gonna help him out. They're gonna be one of the best exciting young backcourts to watch in the NBA. But like you said, the rest of that team, uh, we'll, we'll who's gonna help them out uh, as quote unquote being that third guy. They're supposed to be built like the poor man's Golden State Warriors. I'm not sure that's ever going to happen, but they could be in the playing situation again like they were a year ago. But uh, we'll see what happens. But the the other team I asked you about is the Brooklyn Nets. I know they got destroyed the opening night last week against uh, the New Orleans Pelicans, but they did bounce back with a nice mm-hmm. victory on on Friday at at Charlotte, one twenty four to one twelve. 
Kevin Durant does look good, good so far. So does Kyrie. But right. maybe this is the pessimist in me. Uh, when they go through a tough stretch, who's going to punk out? Seriously. Because we all know the story of what happened this summer with KD and the in management and all that, and Kyrie uh, being brought back on this option. But when and if this team goes to a tough stretch, who's going to bite? Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if the if the guys can step up. We know Nick Claxon's still there. Patty Mills is still actually doing playing pretty well. So, you know, Ben Simmons, Ben Simmons, I should say, is starting to kind of get it going a little bit. But mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Like I said, are they Brooklyn? I mean, look, if they have a tough stretch, you know, they got a couple of games, couple, tough games coming up this week. We'll get mm-hmm. to see uh, the schedule in a second. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they if they struggle, if the team struggles, who's gonna bite first? Who's gonna say, "Hey, I want to get out of here," or "Hey, you know, this team, you know, sucks." But you know, we'll we'll see what happens. I mean, still a very early. They've only played two games. Brooklyn has so still very yeah. early. But uh, that's a good question to ask because they got a, they got a tough one tonight. And speaking of, they got a tough one tonight. Against, <clears throat> excuse me, against Memphis at seven o'clock. <clears throat> Yeah, and running down to the rest of the schedule for the for tonight and for this week from the world of the NBA. Of course, we had the Bulls and the Celtics tonight at seven from the United Center. Pacers at Pacers at 76ers at six o'clock. These are all Chicago time starts. Uh the Raptors at the Heat, two teams that are struggling out the gate, both at one and two in the year. They play tonight at 6 30. Orlando at New York to take on the Knicks at 6 30 p.m. That's the first game on NBA TV as part of that doubleheader. You mentioned the Nets at Grizzlies tonight at 7. Also at 7 o'clock, the Utah Jazz, 3-0 at the 0-3 Houston Rockets. Of course, also at the same time at 7 o'clock, San Antonio and Minnesota, the Timberwolves uh, out to a 2-1 start. And, of course, the second half, the NBA TV doubleheader tonight at 9 o'clock, Denver at Portland. Denver 2-1, Trailblazers 3-0. Should be an interesting one there. Uh, should be a good one here uh, tomorrow. You got Detroit and Washington. That should be a phone one at 6 o'clock. The first game of the TNT doubleheader, you got Dallas and the Pelicans. We'll see if Brendan Ingram will be back for that game. And Zion, too. You know, I know they're both struggling mm-hmm. with injuries right now. Clippers and OKC at 7. And Golden State and Phoenix, that should be a fun one there. That's the second game of that TNT Tuesday night doubleheader. Yeah, who's going to be first one to score 130 points? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, first to that wins. <laughs> Your schedule for Wednesday. The Pacers and the Bulls will do better at the United Center at 7 o'clock. The Magic at Cavaliers at 6 o'clock. Followed by the Hawks in the Pistons, the Hornets at the Knicks at 6:30, Philadelphia at Toronto at 6:30. Uh, the first game of the ESPN doubleheader for Wednesday will be Brooklyn at Milwaukee. Perhaps of another playoff preview, we shall see. At seven o'clock, the Spurs at Minnesota. At eight o'clock is Houston at Utah. At nine o'clock, the second half of that Wednesday night doubleheader on ESPN, your Los Angeles Lakers at the Denver Nuggets. And of course, the Wednesday night schedule wraps up with Miami at Portland. That should be and a fun one. That should be very entertaining. And we're out, we're out of the week for Thursday. You got first game of the NBA TV doubleheader at 6 30. You got Dallas and Brooklyn. Then you got uh, Clippers and OKC. You got the Heat and the Warriors. That's the second game of that NBA TV doubleheader. And uh, should be a good one here. You got Memphis and Sacramento. All right, so that's your schedule for this upcoming week in the National Basketball Association. Lakina, we got to break, regroup. We got to come back and finish strong. We, you know we will. You know how we do it here on Second City Sports. When we return, we'll review some of the key games from Week 8 in college football, and we'll have good friend of the show from CBS Sports and Turner Sports, Mr. Spiro Didas, to wrap up the show talking NFL and NBA. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. You're listening to the Monday edition of Second City Sports. We're live in living color right here on Sports Old Chicago. 
This year, my mom got me the perfect bag for back to school. These colorful binders help me stay organized. These headphones are just what I need for studying. These new sneakers are just what I need for the new year. This jacket is a real must-have. My parents got me the skateboard I wanted. It's pretty cool. These scissors really come in handy in art class. These colored pencils, too. These new socks? They can be a real lifesaver. I finally got my own phone to stay in touch with my mom. Trisha's having a sleepover tonight. Can I go? I wonder about Lucy's friends. What should I say? I know you're only 10, but one of these days a friend will offer you a drink. And alcohol at your age can lead to so many things. None of them good. So can I go to the sleepover? Lucy, I want you to promise me something. I finished my homework. <laughs> Bigger promise. If there's any drinking, I want you to say, no thanks, not my thing. Mom. I promise you, your real friends won't care. Deal? Sure. Really? I promise, Mom. They really do hear you. Did you pack your toothbrush? For tips on how to start the talk, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. A public service message from the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration. Welcome back to Second City Sports, the Monday edition. We're live in Living Color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, it's CK80. That's SIDKID80. That's SIDKID80. You can follow Keena McGee on the Twitter at Keena. 
McGee once again at K E N A. Here I am. There I am. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. We couldn't hear you for a second. <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, you follow me at Keenan okay. McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan McGee yeah, on the okay. IG. Okay, we have good friend of the show from CBS and Turner Sports, Mr. Spiro Diaz, coming up. But in the meantime, in the between time, we'll review some of the key games from the world of college football from uh, week eight. Lakina, I want to start uh, our local team, uh, the final line I had the week out there, resume the uh, play coming up uh, 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 this coming, uh, this up. This upcoming Saturday, rather, but I want to get to a couple of key games here. We'll start off in South Carolina, number five Clemson against by number fourteen Syracuse, uh, twenty-seven to twenty-one. Syracuse had that big twenty-one to ten halftime lead, but as I suspected, uh, which actually happened, Syracuse couldn't get anything going in the second half. They had a bunch of penalties. Clemson fought their way back into the game and eventually took over and won by six. Yeah, DJ Olney didn't have a good showing. Had two interceptions, but Kay Kubinick, you know, Klebnik, I should say, you know, came in, you know, kind mm-hmm. of sparked that offense for uh, Clemson. And uh, look, and also the uh, the defense had a couple of uh, key turnovers too, and a key stop mm-hmm. late. So that that look, I know some people say that you know Clemson benefited from some uh, calls, but look, yes, you know, they were, did, and and they, and they probably did. But you know what though. Look, it, it, it take advantage, but I don't think Syracuse just wasn't ready for kind of like the onslaught that was, you know, that crowd and uh mm-hmm. with the Tigers. Okay, in Pac-12 action, number ten Oregon outshoots UCLA. Excuse me, the number ninth nine ranked team in the country, 45-30. Bo Nix for Oregon, twenty-two of twenty-eight, two hundred eighty-three yards and five touchdown passes. And the stud wide receiver Troy Franklin for the Ducks, Oregon Ducks, eight catches, one hundred thirty-two yards and two touchdowns. Yeah, didn't see this coming from uh, Oregon. Oregon kind of you know, kept the the offense for UCLA at bay. Uh, Zach Sharman did have 151 uh, rushing yards and a touchdown, mm-hmm. but couldn't really get things going there, too. And he uh, had a couple of uh, key turnovers. We'll talk about the Oregon uh, defense. I mean, Bo Nix had uh, mm-hmm. five touchdowns. He's, he has like three of these already. He joins CJ, CJ Stroud from uh, Ohio State, Will Rogers from Mississippi State, and Drake May from North Carolina as the only FBS QBs in multiple uh, games with five TD passes this year. He didn't have any when he was at Auburn, so I guess a mm-hmm. change in a change in theory probably definitely helped them there. But uh, and also to a big win for Oregon, their four zero in conference play. In Big Ten play number two, Ohio State didn't have any problems with Iowa. They destroyed the Hall guys in in the horseshoe, fifty four to ten. Speaking of CJ Stroud, he was twenty or thirty for two hundred eighty six yards and four touchdowns. Mr. Henderson for OSU, Trevion Henderson had eleven carries for thirty eight yards, but it didn't matter. It was Julian Fleming who had two big catches for 105 yards in a score. Yeah, absolutely. And no trouble there for Ohio State. Uh, Tennessee, no trouble with Tennessee Martin. And uh, Alabama dominated Mississippi State 30-6. to mm-hmm. uh, Bryce Young had 249 uh, passing yards and two touchdowns. You know, the defense, you know, didn't make uh, the Bulldogs a factor. So uh, I guess you uh-huh. took the o- whatever the over-under was, you took the over, you actually did pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of Tennessee, uh, uh, the SEC counterparts to Alabama, uh, they had no problem with UT Martin, 65 to 24 in Knoxville. Uh, Mr. Sampson, the star running back for Tennessee, Dylan Sampson, to be exact, 13 carries, 62 yards in the score. Jalen Hyatt had seven catches, 174 yards, and two receiving touchdowns. 
No problem there for them. Uh, going back to the SEC, uh, stay with the SEC, I should say. LSU <laughs> just uh, hammered uh, once unbeaten uh, the uh, Ole Miss Rebels, giving them their first loss of the season, 45-20. Jaden Daniels had 248 yards and two touchdown uh, passes, but also ran for 121 yards and three touchdowns. So he's sort of, he was definitely a one-man uh, wrecking crew there. Uh, the, def- the Rebels defense just couldn't stop him. Mm-hmm. Yep, and – in Big 12 action, number 11, Oklahoma State, the Cowboys uh, outdueled the number 20 ranked team in the country, the Texas Longhorns, 41 to 34. But OK State, Spencer Sanders, 34 57, 391 yards and two touchdowns. And Mr. Bryson Green, five catches, 133 yards and one score. Yeah, this, I, I had an eye on this game, too, once uh, the Bama Mississippi State game was a little bit of a blowout. Uh, but, yeah, a solid showing by uh, Sanders and also a solid showing by the Cowboys defense making those stops late for, uh, for them against Texas. So uh, definitely a, a bounce-back uh, win for OK State. Uh, going back to Big Ten, I was disappointed by this team uh, in the Saturday night primetime game on ABC, number 16, Penn State. Uh, they defeated the Minnesota Golden Gophers uh, 45-17 in Happy Valley. For Penn State, Mr. Sean Clifford, 23 or 31, 20, 95 yards and four touchdowns, while Theo Johnson had five catches, 75 yards and a score. Yeah, that was a you know a very exciting uh, a showing there. But yeah, a nice win for them, and I I feel like this could be kind of like the thing that could be right there in right there. Uh, think of it in the, in, for uh, the, for the conference. Uh, uh, yeah, game. no one's talking yeah. about them right now. Hmm. Yeah, but uh, uh, I'm sure they prefer that actually. So right. <laughs> <laughs> they prefer that. So uh, yeah, don't don't talk about them anymore. But they're they're okay. Penn State's fine. They're fine. You know, you know, Ohio State, Michigan. They both they still got to play them still. Well, I mean, they already mm-hmm. lost to Michigan, but they still got to play Ohio State. So. Uh, but they're still right there to think of it, though, in the Big Ten uh, North, I should – yeah, Big Ten uh, East, I should say, uh, Penn State is. But, yeah, Minnesota's been very disappointing this year. You thought that maybe with Tanner, Tanner Morgan, a lot of – you know, a couple other guys back. But mm-hmm. so far, not good for uh, your buddy P.J. Fleck and the Golden Gophers. Uh, <laughs> no, they still have a lot of work to do. It's Minnesota's 4-3, and 1-3 and in the Big Ten. Penn State is 6-1. and one. Overall, three and one in Big Ten play. Number twenty-one, Cincinnati. The Bearcats get by SMU, Southern Methodist University. For those of you scoring at home, twenty-nine to twenty-seven on the road. Ben Bryan for the Bearcats, eighteen to thirty-five for two hundred yards. Even Charles McClellan, uh, the the big running back, sixteen carries, one hundred twenty-nine yards in the score. And Mister Jaden John Thompson. For the Bearcats, four catches for 69 yards. This this was clearly a struggle for Cincinnati in that second half, but they squeaked out a two-point victory. They scored 20 of their 29 points in the first half. Yeah, they scored uh, at the mess I mean, uh, scored 13 points. You know, kept it close, but they mm-hmm. actually tried for uh, tried to uh, the tie it. But you know, it's going to be very interesting to see for uh, for uh, the thing with that also. But that, but look, I think look, you know, so far they've been hanging on, you know, pretty well. So uh, a nice showing for the Bearcats so far. They're six and one. Uh, back to Big 12 action. Baylor gets by Kansas 35-23. to Baylor improves that record to 4-3 and overall, 2-2 two and two in Big 12 play. Kansas, after that surprise to start, they're now 5-3 on the year, 2-3 and three in Big 12 play. And for Baylor, Mr. Richard Reese had 31 carries for 80, 186 yards and two touchdowns. The only uh, shining star for K- KU was Quentin uh, Sinker, their star wide receiver. Four catches with six, six yards and a score. Yeah, they missed Jalen Daniels, no doubt, and uh, they definitely uh, show these last couple of weeks. So, uh, yeah, Baylor, nice showing there. Like I said, still, still in particular for the uh, the Big Twelve. So, mm-hmm. uh, don't don't count the Bears just yet. Yeah, in ACC play, I know we said coming into year this 
This conference could be the one that's struggling this year out of the Power Five conference. Uh, the Duke Blue Devils improved their record to five and three after dominating the U, the University of Miami, uh, 45 to 21. Uh, Miami did not look good at all. Lakina, they gave up 21 points in the fourth quarter, uh, yeah. seven, uh, and they gave up 17 right before halftime. Mm. Uh, this was just ugly for the from the start. And they lost a couple of their guys too. They lost Van Slag and a couple, and like one of their running backs to injury. So, uh, yeah, not looking good so far from uh, from Mario Cristobal. But uh, yeah, I'm sure they'll figure it out. Just it just won't be till it won't be for uh, for this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, locally in college football, Northern Illinois out of the mag, they drop a close one to Ohio University, twenty four to seventeen uh, for Ohio. Curtis Roke, fourteen of twenty six or two hundred yards and two touchdowns. Yeah. Uh, tough loss for for the Huskies, uh, no doubt. But uh, yeah, but you know you got to be feeling pretty good if you're a Huskies fan. You know, the future looks bright for them now. Northwestern beating uh, lost to Maryland. You know they kept it close for a little bit too, but uh, it was um, uh, Roman Hemby for uh, who had I think it was a 70 yard uh, rushing uh, touchdown that you know that was a go ahead touchdown. Mm-hmm. He had 179 yards and had three TDs, so uh, they couldn't the Wildcats couldn't stop them. Yep, and we'll uh, get this score out of the way. Uh, Notre Dame defeated UNLV uh, uh, in South Bend, forty-four to twenty-one. Notre Dame came out the box scoring twenty-three first-quarter points, and for their star quarterback, Mister Drew Pine, fourteen to twenty-eight for two hundred five yards and two touchdowns. While their big star tight end, Mister Michael Meyer, six he had six catches for one hundred fifteen yards and a touchdown. I know a lot of Irish fans were a little bit missed because they couldn't watch this game. They had to watch it on uh, streaming on Peacock. But look at you, know, a nice little get right day, get right game for Notre Dame. So you know, you're, you're, right. your Marcus Freeman, you'll take that. So, but our, our our wonderful guest is here. So please introduce him, Sid. You're better at this than I am. <laughs> <laughs> you're listening to Second City Sports and Monday Edition, live in Eleven Color, right here on Sports Zone Chicago. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. As Lakina says, it's time to bring on our special guest. Uh, for today's program. He's a good friend of ours. He calls games for CBS Sports, the NFL, and college football, along with the NBA for Turner Sports and NBA TV. He's our good friend, Mr. Spiro Dita. Sir, welcome Yay. back to the program. How are you? Hi, Sydney. Hi, Lakina. How you guys doing? Oh, We're doing, doing great. Really How about yourself? Well. Good, good. I have to apologize. I, I do not have a camera on this device. Uh, I'm not purposely hiding from you guys, but uh, <laughs> I, gotta, I have to upgrade my uh, computer situation at home. No, yeah. no, it's fine. It's fine. But uh, look, you're you're here, so that's all that matters. So, uh, yes. we're into we're into uh, you know almost almost to the midway point of the NFL. What team or player has impressed you so far? Oh boy, um, boy, I can tell you, there's a bunch of teams that have been disappointing for sure. Uh, we were just having this conversation with uh, with our crew. Uh, just hearing this Matt Ryan news with Indianapolis uh, yeah. that he's going to be benched uh, at the quarterback position. Um, you know, Tampa Bay, I think is up there in terms of, of teams that have disappointed, you know, it's just, uh, it's, it's been one of those crazy years. And, and the, the one thing I will say guys is that the, the NFL more than any other sport, it seems like, um, th- there's such parity in the NFL and, yeah. you know, you get into these years and, you know, certainly Buffalo and Kansas city teams that, that we expected to contend certainly in the AFC have been there, um, but there have been so many teams now, I think, that have kind of stepped into that championship conversation that maybe could contend. Um, I, I like Baltimore. I think Cincinnati, after a rough start, is starting to put some things together. Um, Jacksonville was one of the surprise teams. I think if you ask me after week two or week three, Jacksonville was maybe the surprise team in the league. Uh, Chargers have been a disappointment. 
Um, you know, we all expected the AFC West to be this kind of wild shootout. And at this point, it looks like a one-team deal, which I think is is disappointing for a lot of fans in those regions of the country. I, I'd say the biggest surprise for me, probably, guys, is, is how good Philly is. And, you know, um, Philadelphia – they're a legit championship contender. We had them week two, I want to say, or week three, their game against Jacksonville. And seeing how sound uh, that defense is was really eye-opening. And and Jalen Hurts has been a big part of their story. Uh, his ascension year two as a full-time starter. And and I think you have to probably put the Giants up there as well. Not probably, for sure. And they they may be even a, a bigger surprise than, than the Eagles are just in terms of what the expectations were for Brian Dable's first year. So – I think now that I'm kind of talking my way through the, this answer, I'd, I'd probably put the Giants one and Philly two in terms of of where we are here at this point, uh, six seven weeks into the year. Staying with the AFC Sparrow, you mentioned the Kansas City Chiefs. We saw what they did to the 49ers out by the Bay yesterday. And me and Lakina, we talked about uh, this during the preseason that they're going to miss Tyreek Hill, but some people think they it's going to be easy like it was last year, uh, minus their exit from the AFC Championship game against the Bengals last year. But I, I just I just get this feeling that something else is going to happen to them between now and the end of the season. We know last year that the defense carried them a good part of the year while the offense struggled. But I, I think it's going to be more just them missing Tyreek Hill this year. And uh, that big contract that they signed Patrick Mahomes to last year, uh, we starting to see uh, see is a dividends already. They're not going to be able to rebuild their roster like they, uh, like they once did before they signed Mr. Mahomes to that big contract. What do you think about Kansas City this year? Do you still put them up? there with Buffalo, even though Buffalo beat them last week? Or do you still have them up as AFC contenders? Or do you see this uh, spiraling out come playoff time? I don't think there's any question that this is a legitimate championship contender. Um, I, I think they answered a huge question mark with with replacing Tyreek Hill. I mean, that was certainly at the top of everyone's list of, of questions for this team. I think they've put those questions to bed, at least for the moment, guys. Um, very impressive with what they did yesterday, certainly against the San Francisco team that was buoyed by the Christian McCaffrey acquisition. But I think the one thing we have to keep in mind with a team like Kansas City and any team that is a proud championship pedigree type team, and I think Kansas City certainly fits in that bill, is that when they're motivated, it really adds something to their their psyche, um, their emotion level, which is so huge in the NFL, maybe more than any other sport. And this was a motivated team. You know, obviously got to the NFL mountaintop a couple of years ago, uh, took one on the chin last year with the way you know, things ended for them uh, in the postseason. And so I think when you factor in all the talent that they have, maybe the best quarterback in the league, um, as good a head coach that we have in the league in terms of play calling and everything Andy Reid represents, when you add the motivation factor into the mix with that kind of a talent pool, even without Tyreek Hill, I think it's a very dangerous proposition for the rest of the league. And so this is not a, a perfect roster by any stretch. There's still some question marks, but if I'm a betting man, I think Kansas City is going to be there at the end. And I, I'm I'm not going out on a limb by saying I think it, it could very well come down to them in Buffalo and the AFC. Going to the NFC for a second, Spiro. Uh, what about Tampa Bay? Do you think they can kind of get right the ship too with all the, you know, Tom Brady's personal issues and the injuries in the old line and the defense not being like the defense that 
the defense they were when they won a Super Bowl a couple of years ago? Is it the coaching with Todd Bowles? What What do you think is wrong with Tampa? Boy, it's such a it's it's not a, an easy uh, question to answer. I think it's basically all of the above. Um, you know, I, I think it's important to point out, Lakina, that you, you think even their their Super Bowl championship winning season. I mean, right? They they didn't get off to a good start. I mean, that was a, a team that had to really figure things out on the fly. And once they did turn it around, obviously uh, they made all the right decisions and made all the big plays and ended up winning a Super Bowl, which was was stunning to watch. And in Brady's first year in in that city and with that franchise that had been down for so long, but. Anyone who has watched this team this year, it's just a completely different feel. Something feels amiss with that team. Uh, Tom Brady, all the the off the field headlines uh, certainly is not helping any. Uh, when you have your quarterback missing 11, 12 days of training camp to tend to personal matters, that was maybe the first red flag, I think, for a lot of people around the league. We didn't really know what the situation was. Everyone just assumed, well, you know, this is probably just part of his deal when he agreed to come out of retirement and come back. Then, lo and behold, we find out that, you know, everything in his personal life that that is uh, falling apart, which is very unfortunate. And so you have to ask yourself, how how engaged is Tom Brady at this point? And it's it's crazy to ask that question of a guy who's who's maybe the, you know, probably the best quarterback, maybe the best player overall that we've ever had in this league. But Anyone who's going through what he's going through can tell you that it is really hard to focus on your job 24-7 the way you need to be, especially at that position. I think it starts right there. Um, You have to ask questions about this coaching staff. And Todd Bowles, who I think has been just a a terrific defensive coach in his career, Um, he's had a couple of good seasons as a head coach. Unfortunately, now he's going to come under the microscope. You know, Is he part of the, the problem or is he part of the solution? And how he navigates this team through these next few weeks, I think we'll we'll know here in the next two to three weeks if Tampa Bay is going to turn this thing around or if their season is going to continue to spiral out of control. Because right now, at this moment in time, there's nothing that we can see tangibly that leads you to think that this team is going to end up in the playoffs. I just think there's too many good teams in the league. Um, The one saving grace that they have is that that division is just not very good. And as they sit right now, all that said, by the way, Tampa Bay is tied for first place in, in that NFC South division, which is just insane uh, to say. But if I'm a Bucs fan right now, boy, that's it's it's hard to feel confident about anything at the moment. Spiro Diaz from CBS and Turner Sports is hanging out with us on Second City Sports. We're live in the Living Color, the Monday edition, right here on Sports Zone Chicago. I'm Sid Deslakina. Uh, Spiro, speaking of another legendary quarterback, Aaron Rodgers with the Green Bay Packers, they, they take it on the chin in our nation's capital yesterday against the Commanders. They're now three and four on the season. Of course, this is Matt LaFleur's first uh, three game losing streak as a head coach of, of, of the Packers. Do you see. Uh, Green Bay turned their season around, or do you give the division right now to the NFC North division right now to the Minnesota Vikings? Well, look, I, I'm not going to be the person who bets against Aaron Rodgers. I, I just think he's been, <laughs> he's been too great in his career. But there is a lot of newness with this roster, guys, and and he has a, a wide receiving core that is very young and very inexperienced. Um, you know, he had Mr. Adams there for for a number of years, and when you have that familiarity. 
you have confidence that you can overcome slow starts. But now they've got to do it with with a lot of newness and a lot of first-year players that don't have the track record or the pedigree in that system. And now, you know, suddenly you've lost three games in a row. And, and this is where you start to see championship teams separate from the pack. You know, psychologically, do they have what it takes to turn things around? Or does the season continue to spiral out of control? And I think it's interesting, Aaron Rodgers early in the year was very tough with what he was kind of saying about his teammates publicly to the media. You know, he was a little harsh with his comments. You know, hey, you know, the young guys have to figure it out. Now, I think, especially after the game yesterday, you hear Aaron Rodgers saying, well, you know, I don't worry about this team. So it's almost like he's realized, you know what, I, I got to put the kid gloves on a little bit and be a little bit softer with with my public criticisms of some of these young guys. I think he figured out that that harshness and that candidness to the media maybe is not the right way to handle this. And so how he navigates these next couple of weeks with um, with his coaching staff is going to be very, very interesting to watch. What's what's wrong with the Chargers? I know I know you did the uh, the preseason games for them for a few years, but you know with all the injuries, it looks like Mike Williams is going to be gone for a little bit. What what's wrong with the Chargers? I'm starting to kind of lose faith in them. <laughs> yeah, it's it's been an unfortunate uh, set of circumstances, and it's kind of eerily similar, guys, to a couple of years ago with Anthony Lynn. You know, you, you think of the expectations that team. I think it was his second year, second to last year before he was fired. Chargers came into that year as stacked as any team in the AFC um, in terms mm-hmm. of some of the offseason moves that they had. Um, there was a feeling that the Chargers were finally ready to turn the corner, and then they just were racked by injuries. They had a horrific kicking season. Uh, their kickers getting hurt, missing a, a bunch of, of potential game-winning kicks that really derailed their season. And before you knew it, the bottom fell out, and, and Anthony Lynn was was on his way out. This certainly is a different feeling. I think this roster was even more stacked with with some of the offseason moves that they made. There was a confidence level with Brandon Staley, which I think still exists. But you know, now suddenly Brandon Staley is having to answer some tough questions. So, you know, th- this thing with J.C. Jackson yesterday really unfortunate. They just have been snake bit with the injuries. To miss a guy like Keenan Allen the first chunk of the season has been a killer for that offense. The biggest disappointment for me with the Chargers guys is their defense. You know, you add Khalil Mack, you add J.C. Jackson to what they already had. You just expected this defense to have the depth to overcome a, a hand, a, at least a, a few injuries to key players. You know, you lose Joey Bosa, devastating. Uh, now the injuries start to pile up with with just a number of their key players, and it's just it gets to a point where it's too much to overcome for a team. And unfortunately for the Chargers, this is nothing new for them. This is something they've experienced multiple times even over just the last five or six years. Let's go to the Pacific Northwest and talk about the Seattle Seahawks, Spiro. Does Pete Carroll look like a genius of what? Geno Smith? Uh, most people didn't expect anything uh, from him this year. Everybody expected Drew Lott to be the starting quarterback. quarterback. Of course, you mentioned the Chargers. Seattle beat them handily yesterday on the road. Is, uh, is the Seattle's, can the Seahawks uh, keep this up and perhaps sneak into the playoffs? Yeah, you know what? When we were talking about surprise teams, we should have added Seattle to the list. I mean, this is this is vintage Pete Carroll, what he's doing right now with this team. Low expectations, all kinds of questions with his quarterback. And and here comes Pete Carroll, you know, the ultimate motivator, the ultimate positive, good vibe type of coach, molding this kind of ragtag, young, inexperienced 
roster with a mix of some veteran guys into suddenly a team that looks like it maybe has a chance to come out of that division. You know, I, I think it's mm-hmm. still the jury is still out if if this team guys can can maintain this contention in that division as we get into you know 10 11 12 weeks into the season but for right now if you're a fan of the Seattle Seahawks man just enjoy this moment enjoy what Pete Carroll's doing to to see Geno Smith's renaissance at this stage of his career with everything that guy has been through a lot of it self-inflicted let's face it with with some of the decisions he made during his time in New York with the Jets and then the Giants uh, has been really cool to see, and um, and I've been a, a huge Pete Carroll fan for for a number of years. So to see what he's doing with this team is has been very, very, very entertaining and, and and fascinating on so many levels. Should be interesting to see what happens the rest of the season. Now, Spiro, let's switch gears and talk the hard West, talk some NBA. I know we're only like two or three games in for some of these teams, <laughs> but you know who do you think are the favorites? Are is it the usual suspects, Boston, Philly? Golden State, the Clippers, is it going to be some surprises? Or, and what about our Bulls? You know, are the Bulls, can the Bulls be up there and challenge in the East? I say that very slightly, though. <laughs> I think, you know, Lakina, at, at full strength, yes. Um, I, I think the injuries that they've had at point guard make it a little bit difficult. Um, but, you know, it, they had a, an impressive win first week of the season. Um, it's so, so early to tell. Chicago would not be one of my teams that I think, you know, maybe they compete for one of the, the final uh, couple of playoff spots. I just think the East is so, so deep. It's so tough now to, to become a playoff team. And then even with the playing tournament, you know, it's made those last few spots, I think, more interesting as we get later into the season. But we're talking about the East now, guys, like we used to talk about the West, you know, over the last decade. That's how good the Eastern Conference has become. You know, Atlanta had the down year. They look like they're going to be right back into the mix as a contender in the East this year. I love the moves that Cleveland made. Uh, they look like they're for real. Uh, Brooklyn, I think we all expected them um, to bounce back with the with the delayed debut of Ben Simmons. Looks like they're going to be a little bit of a work in progress but uh, yes, to answer your question in the East, I think usual suspects, Celtics, Milwaukee, um, I think Atlanta, you know, I do expect Brooklyn will be there before the end. Miami, a little bit of a slow start, but, you know, you've got Toronto who's made some really good moves. I know Philly's off to a pretty horrific start, fully expect them to figure it out. But, you know, we just named like six or seven teams that have a legitimate chance to, to maybe challenge the Celtics and, and the Bucks at the top of that uh, conference for, for East conference uh, supremacy. So it remains to be seen in the West. You know, I love what the Clippers have done. I know they, they took one on the chin last night against Phoenix, but to me, the biggest team aside from the Clippers and, and aside from all the usual suspects in the West is Denver, you know, with the injuries that they've had, I, I thought what the Nuggets did last year without Jamal Murray and without Michael Porter jr. Uh, for basically the entire year to have the season that they had was, was just incredible to watch Testament to uh, certainly Jokic's greatness as the two-time MVP and and Michael Malone and his staff. I, I thought Michael Malone was as good a coach last year, all things considered, that we had in the league. And so I think now you add those two players, you know, it's certainly going to take time for Jamal Murray to get his feet under him and to find his rhythm. But when he does and you add him to Jokic and to what they had and then throw in Michael Porter Jr., that's going to be a really tough team to contend with. And, and let's also not forget about New Orleans. You know, I know that they had a couple injuries last night. Looks like Ingram and, and Zion's injuries are not serious, which is great news for them and for the league. Um, 
I, I think the Pelicans are going to take the next step and really fight to try to maybe get into those top four slots in the West. Last moment or two with Spiro Ditas of CBS and Turner Sports. He's hanging out with us on Second City Sports. We're live in Living Color on Sports on Chicago. Sid Lakina hanging out here with you. Spiro, you just answered my next question about the New Orleans Pelicans. I really like them this year, especially if Zion can stay healthy. But I want to ask you about the Los Angeles Lakers. They lost a tough one at home to the Portland Trail Blazers yesterday. Thanks to Dame Time, Damian Lillard, uh, the Lakers are now 0-3. Do you think they'll get the situation turned around? Do you see a couple of trades down the road, or do you think they can ride the ship and perhaps uh, participate in the playing tournament at the end of the year? The Lakers are in a tough spot, guys. Yeah, they really are. You look at how they've performed these first three games, and you almost have to say you're not surprised. I mean, this is a, it's a poorly constructed roster. I don't think there's any other way to describe it. I think you've got two great players in LeBron and Anthony Davis. You know, LeBron, arguably the greatest player, not only of his generation, maybe of all time. I think you've got a motivated Anthony Davis, which certainly bodes well. I think he's going to have a really good year if, of course, he can stay healthy. But beyond that, this is just – it's just not a very well-put-together roster. I watched them almost their their full first two games, and I just kept thinking, boy, where are the shooters? Who are the mm-hmm. three-point shooters yeah. that you're putting around AD and LeBron? They're just not there. And then you throw in the Russell Westbrook situation, which I think um, has been really ugly, and I think it's only going to get uglier. You know, already we're, we're hearing comments and – things out of Russ's camp. I know this has been a really frustrating situation for him. You've got a guy who has had a legendary career, you know, uh, averaging triple doubles and doing things that we had never seen in this sport, or at least thought we'd never see again. Um, I think he deserves his due. I think it's, it's easy to see why a guy like Russ could be in his feelings a little bit, as Darvin Ham said uh, last night after the game. Because he's a proud player who deserves respect and he's not getting it right now because he's played so poorly or at least has shot the ball poorly over the last season plus with this team. And when you have that contract hanging over your head like he does of of 44, $45 million per season, whatever it is, with that is going to come expectations that are probably not realistic, especially for a guy like Russ at this stage of his career. So I think the 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 main thing, priority one, two, and three for Rob Palenka and for that front office is figuring out what to do about Russ. You know, I don't think there's any doubt it's not going to work. I don't think Russ would accept a move to the bench. You know, he was already complaining about his hamstring tightening up on him <laughs> after coming off the bench that first game. And so I don't think that's a viable solution. And I just don't know what you do. I, I Teams know that they're desperate. I think the Lakers would have to take 50 cents on the dollar in any potential move. But it's almost to the point now where it's going to become so toxic that you almost have to take the loss, cut your losses, and, and move on and, and see if that new kind of reincarnation of whatever group is left can can become the team that you hope can maybe sneak into one of those last playoff spots. Last question for me, Spiro. Now, Philly's kind of in that, not not like, you know, the roster's a little bit better, but they're 0-3. They had a couple of tough losses. You know, Harden and, you know, Doc Rivers, you wonder this kind of like his sort of his last stand. So where do you see Philadelphia? Can they finish near the top of the East like some of us thought they would? 
I, I do, and I have to say, I, I really liked what they did in the offseason. I'm way less concerned about Philly than I am about the Lakers. I don't think there's any doubt. I, I think this is a, a, a team that could absolutely contend in the East. But I, I think they have to tweak some things. And, and to me, if I'm Doc Rivers at this point, and I, have, I think the world of Doc, I think he's always been one of the top coaches in the league, um, I, I think that they really have to change their offensive approach because I think right now, you know, even even James Harden, who I think is playing really well the, the first three games of the season, for some reason, him, the, the dynamic between Harden and Embiid is just not, there's no cohesion. It almost seems like they're taking turns playing and doing their thing. There's no real kind of intermeshing of their games. And if I'm Doc Rivers right now, I I, I start to play more through Tyrese Maxey. I, I really do. I love the player that Maxey's becoming. Again, I'm not breaking any ground here, going out on a limb. This guy clearly is is one of the ascending players in the league. And I think that the way that the league is constructed now with up-tempo speed being so difficult for teams to contend with, I think they need to play through Maxi more. And I think he'll then open up the floor for a guy like Harden, certainly will open things up for Embiid, who garners so much attention. And then he thrown Tobias Harris. I love the the, the Anthony Melton acquisition in the offseason. And you got shooters. You got guys like Niang. You guys got guys who can step out and stretch out a defense. Certainly Harden, when his shot's falling. So I think with with a few tweaks, I think the Sixers will will be the team that we all expect them to be by by the end of the season. All right, that's been Spiro Didis of CBS and Turner Sports. He does a great job calling both uh, leagues, the NFL and the NBA. He also does college hoops for CBS as well. Spiro, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us today on Second City Sports. When can we expect to hear from you and see you next? I will be on the NBA call this Thursday on NBA TV for uh, Golden State and Miami. So we're looking Ooh, forward to that, that with Grand that Hill. That should be a yeah, with Grand Hill and Dennis Scott, we'll be up in San Francisco on Thursday. Nice. Okay. That's going to be a fun one. Yeah, can't wait. Can't wait. All right, always, good. always good to be with you guys, Sid and Lakina, and uh, wish you guys the best, and hopefully we'll do it again soon. Yeah, right. say, hopefully next time we can see that handsome face of yours. Yes, <laughs> I'll have a new computer with a, a working video camera next time. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, we'll take your word for it. Thank you so much, Spiro, again. Uh, we can't wait to see the rest of the NBA season, NFL season, and the college hoops, too. It's starting in a few weeks, too. It mm -hmm. comes out quick, my goodness. But It's you, you all guys... just around the corner. Can't yeah, wait. You, yeah, same here. Yo, you stay safe, and then we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, guys. Take care. All right, thank you, Spiro. Oh boy, Sid. right. What, yeah, Ooh. once again, that was Spiro Diaz of CBS and Turner Sports. He does NBA, college football, in the NFL. Real quick, Lakina, before we head out, congratulations to new Blackhawks head coach uh, yeah. Luke Richardson. We doing that hockey? They beat the Seattle Kraken yesterday, five five to four in comeback fashion. I know he'll also Eddie Olchek's return to Chicago. He's now Seattle Kraken. Um, broadcaster i know it wasn't a big deal made of it but i made a big deal of it going to my twitter and you see what i tweeted but congratulations yeah, to the blackhawks they have a tough game tomorrow at home against the florida Panthers. but right now they're three and two who would have thunk it without a starting goalie and they scored like three shorthanded goals they have to score three exactly in those last couple of games i mean it's crazy but uh I know some, you know, Mark Lazarus, uh, of course, who does covers uh, the Hawks and mm -hmm. uh, NHL for the Athletic, said that uh, they're going to do like a major league kind of thing <laughs> for you know Kyle Davidson. But I think they like, I think they like him better than the in, you know, the Indians. Then Indians like their that that owner, that 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 silly owner. But you know, yeah. but I don't know if it's going to come to that. But yeah, I say we should just enjoy the ride. I mean, we'll probably, you know, they'll probably you know fall back to earth a little bit. But so far, look, their their young guys have stepped up. You know, Kaner is doing his thing. So. 
so look, so far they've actually been pretty entertaining to watch. Yeah, they won one 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 more game than the Bears. Just saying. <laughs> and the Bulls. <laughs> and the Bulls, but the Bulls. But the Bulls will turn it around, so they, they won't be the butt. The Bulls won't be the butt of that joke. But as far as the Bears, uh, we'll see what happens uh, tonight against uh, the New England Patriots on the road in Foxborough for Monday Night Football. All right? Let's get up out of here because I am hungry. I need to refresh. So, so do I, especially at that interval we did with Spiro. So you can follow yes. Kina McGee on the Twitter and Kino Scrub McGee on the IG. You can follow your Shirley Sydney Brown on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0, S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0. Make sure you download the Sports on Chicago app wherever you get your apps. Follow Sports on Chicago on all social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Catch our podcast at War on Anchor. We are available on all podcast platforms, including that iHeartRadio app. And make sure you give War Media a follow at WARR Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. Don't forget to catch Second City Sports every Monday, every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. live in 11 color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. One more again, as you young folks would say, catch Second City Sports live in 11 color every Monday, every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. Central Standard Time right here on Sports Zone Chicago. And of course, you know, don't forget, we're also on Roku TV. Roku! You know, you, yeah, you just go, you know, whatever device you got. Not even, you don't even need a Roku device. Just, you know, go on your uh, smartphone, smart TV, on your computer, mm-hmm. whatever device you got, you know, type in Sports on Chicago on your local apps, on your, your app store, on your uh, your operating system. Uh, and, you know, it's right there. Uh, you know, Sports on Chicago, of course, Sean and Maya, uh, What's Up Cuz, The Smoke Vellas. Uh, I think they're on, I think they're on tonight, like, during the game, we're doing, we're doing a special Bears preview. I'm talking about uh, uh, What's Up Cuz, I think they're doing, or, or what was it, mm-hmm. The Smoke Vellas? The Smoke Vellas, I think it's tonight, right? I, I think so. The, yeah, I was like kicking the mix up. But yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll have, whoever the whoever is they'll, they'll have the Bears and such. I'm sure they're gonna have a Bears uh, Patriots preview during the game. They'll probably give you not necessarily a play play play, play but also update. So make sure you guys check out their show tonight. I believe it's six o'clock. Yep. All right. Again, you know, special thank you to Spiro Diaz for joining us today here. And uh, look, that's what we do here. You know, we get you some of the best guests from the, some of the best in the business. So and he's one of them. So, uh, you know, make sure you guys check him out on Thursday against uh, that Golden State uh, game. That should be a lot of fun. On NBA TV. Yep. Miami yes, going to say on Miami NBA TV State. at 9 p.m. Central Standard Time. Yeah, it could be a, a preview of the finals. Maybe. You never know. Week. You never know in this long season. But uh, even so, make sure you check him out there. Uh you know, enjoy uh, the Bears Patriots game. Hopefully, they can keep it close. The Manning cast. <laughs> well, yeah, the Manning cast too. Yeah, it might be the more entertaining part of the Manning cast. <laughs> but, uh, enjoy the, all the you know, all the NBA and you know, stuff too. Oh, great. Also, too. Uh, well, we'll talk more World Series probably on Friday, since mm-hmm. it's until Friday night. But even still, enjoy the, the games, everybody, this week, and uh, stay cool out there. Well, actually, stay warm because they're going to be you know falling back to earth here too with the temperatures. But uh, yes, person, I'm the Kansas Business Esports on Sports Zone Chicago, and have a safe week. If you're not getting uh, if you're not getting uh, get vaccinated, wash your hands. Just be good to each other. Um, you know, yeah, th- that's about it. You know, just. And we'll see you Friday. Doubles. Holla.